0: Showdown. You short sport live pay-per-view
1: coverage of It's all part of the
0: plan. With your host, Boom Boom Sexy <laughs> Yeah, baby. Internet day. God,
1: I wish someone here knew about computers, that would have gotten a laugh.
0: Mark the Sharp DeCarlo.
1: Go ahead, make your jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke Maker.
0: And Ms. Money on the mic, JJ Sexy. This is my business. <laughs> the showdown begins now. Girl.
2: Good evening, guys. Welcome to edi- the first ever edition of 2010 of Sunday Night Showdown, exclusively right here on sundaynightshowdown.com. That's right, .com. No longer affiliated with a network anymore, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, things happen, we move on, and, and that's just the way that it is. Dave, I've got a hell of a hum in my, my headphones. What's going on? And it all stems from your, from your thing here
3: from his thing. At all? That, that didn't sound good at all. It, it didn't. Anything me. stemming from Dave's thing, we don't need to go into any sort of discussion, but some would say it might stem from Dave's innocuous over-intoxication on New Year's Eve, of which he's still trying to rebound from. Just a theory, Dave. He can't talk right now because... He can't talk! Believe it or not... Somebody answered voice. my New Year's resolution. Try to make Internet Dave the self-proclaimed... World or international phenom.
4: There we go. Worldwide phenomenon. Worldwide and, and, phenomenon. And don't
2: you forget about it.
3: Worldwide phenomenon. Okay, whatever. Phenomenon. Right. My my new year. One of my New Year's resolutions <laughs> from Mark to Shark to Carlo to the big man upstairs was either a to have Internet <laughs> Dave have a, a permanent case of laryngitis or for his microphone never to work here on Sunday Night Showdown and and for a short time the sharks' wishes have been apparently answered but only for a short time dave you're on
4: i think i think i'm on i'm not sure am i on well, you're on you're, you're going to have to
3: talk louder though okay you're on. all right well
4: <laughs> that's never been a problem for me then i don't have to talk louder correct no you don't no. but
2: you know what before we get into anything i was in the middle of something and, and let's let's get back to this welcome to the first edition of 2010 sunday night showdown exclusively right here on sundaynightshowdown.com uh glad to see all you guys tuning in tonight to the uh, brand new website, courtesy of uh, Internet Dave. He really worked his ass off this last week, so kudos to Dave for that. But, uh, you know, joining me, of course, on the show, unfortunately, Boom Boom, not in the house tonight. Uh, Might not be spending a lot of time with us over the next couple of weeks because she's got uh, uh, quite the schedule, so we'll we'll see what we can do for at least February. Uh, You know, joining us, obviously, we've got the worldwide phenomenon, the self-proclaimed... You betcha. ...worldwide phenomenon. Internet Dave, Mark the Shark DiCarlo is here. I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready to spit some venom. And then there's me, the Sunday night showstopper. The main event, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J.
3: Sexay. And, and I'm really liking that new intro, uh, kind of a rip-off, or I should say a bit of a soundbite from the artist formerly known as Mr. Kennedy. Very like nice. That. Very nice. Very, very well-produced. And I'm really liking our new intro uh, on Sunday Night Showdown along the Sunday Night Showdown radio network. Do I have the terminology of that correct? I don't have a network. What, what's wrong with you people? I'm not forming a network. No, 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 but, but it sounds good. We, we have it always our own radio network. We have a network of people that now have come on to SundayNightShowdown.com and they are the network that listens to Sunday Night Showdown. So in fact, we are coming to you along the Sunday Night Showdown radio network. There you have
2: it. What the hell? We'll go with it. Go with
3: it. Go with it. Just like every city
4: you talk about has a beautiful downtown. Just like Kandahar for uh, Tribute to the troops be- from
3: beautiful downtown Kandahar. E-
4: every city has a beautiful downtown, and, and uh, it, I can't help but notice that.
3: Dave, I think you've been hanging downtown too much. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit too much French maid. You know, sitting in guy in a row doing what you do, tossing the loonies and toonies, wishing you had a date on Saturday night, but in fact your only date was the feature coming up next. We won't get too much into that. The However, Mark the Shark to Carlo is jacked up. I'm excited. It's 2010. We got through another decade yes, without, without any wellness issues, although there was the one wellness issue here on Sunday Night Showdown, but we're not going to get into that. By the way, I just want to go on record as saying, once again, that the legal department uh, of Shark Tank Holdings, uh, Dewey Cheatham and Howe, did uh, clear and rectify the situation whereby Mark the Shark Carlo was ungraciously and ferociously, are those words, accused of being in contravention of the Sunday Night Showdown wellness policy, when in fact it wasn't I, it was Carl DeMarco. For those of you that remember, we won't get into that too much right now. But 2010 is going to be a great year, not only for Internet Dave, Boom Boom Sexy, JJ Sexy, and Mark to Carlo, but for all of our valued listeners here on Sunday Night Showdown. And I'm stunned. Some would say... Um, I'm amazed at how many that we have in the chat room already, this being our virgin, and I haven't said that too many times over the last decade, this being our virgin flight on the new Sunday Night Showdown network, and I'm happy to, on behalf of everybody here on Sunday Night Showdown, welcome everybody in the chat some familiar names and some not so familiar names. Either way, they're all unusual, and, and I love them for that. And you know why they listen to us? Because we, like them, could be considered to be unusual.
4: I'll tell you, guys. Uh, I'll tell you to the chatters uh, like Moofy Moosh and Snooky Bum and stuff like that. Why, if, if you want to change your name, please do. Just, just click on the name and type in whatever you want. Otherwise, if you want to uh, type into the chat using that name, that that's fine too. It's not like uh, the UStream chat, which we're not using because people who don't register are not allowed to talk as you streamers like they were about a year ago. So that's why we're using the Zat Chat, and it's working out great. It it looks really cool.
3: And by the way, uh, just for the power, Andy Knowles, nobody, I'm sure nobody, is certainly on this side of the mic and in the chat room could be construed as virgins.
2: This is true. Uh, You know what? I want to kind of take things in another direction. Uh, There's something that I, I feel that I need to address I know that it's been uh it's been a unique week and a half for me. Uh as most of you know, there was an incident that happened on Wrestling News Live a couple weeks back on the WrestleView Radio Network. And um I know the Trey Dog got to say his piece on the Tom Van Stone show. And he apologized to the listeners of the VIP network. And uh you know, I think I need to do the same thing and so Uh, For the WrestleView VIP, the members that are listening to this broadcast tonight, um, I do apologize for the actions that went down between myself and the Trey dog. Now, I was wrong. Trey was wrong. WrestleView was wrong in some respects. So we've had three wrongs out of the situation. Um, I'm not going to sit here and dog the WrestleView radio network because I don't feel that I need to. Um, At the same time, I'm a little disappointed at the way things went down, considering I did bust my ass for them. But that's okay, because now you guys get to reap the benefits for free. Because everything I was doing on the WrestleView VIP, I'm now doing over here at SundayNightShowdown.com. So nothing has changed. You just don't have to pay me for it. So, I do want to thank WrestleView, the management at WrestleView, for three, well, for a couple of things. One, for giving me an opportunity to be on their network. And for two, for lighting a fire under my ass. Because this is the start. 2010 is going to be the year that J.J. Sexay and Sunday Night Showdown break away from the pack and establish this website and this radio show as the best damn radio show, not only on the internet, but in wrestling today. And it all starts right here, right now. So WrestleView, I wish you guys luck. And that's all I'm saying. I'm moving on.
3: Uh very eloquently put, uh, double J, I, I couldn't have said it better myself even if I had attempted to. And and having said that, I would really um like to to say one thing, and that's that two thousand and ten is not only a new year, but it's also a new decade, and certainly we've gone through some network changes of this show before and who's to say that it won't happen again at least now we are behind the wheel and are driving the Sunday night showdown car down the freeway and we're going to have not only a lot of fun because that's what we do here when uh, giving our perspectives of the world Formerly known as professional wrestling, but Vince McMahon would have us, lead us to believe that it is none of that. It is predetermined sports entertainment. I will never call it that. It's, it's wrestling, baby. And we have fun of, with it and because of it. And, uh, uh, you know, what you just stated was, was fantastic. Um, and we're going to move on. And speaking of moving on, Let's get down to business and have some fun.
2: Let's do that. And let's go ahead and start. I mean, I know there's a lot of things I want to get to on this program. I want to talk to uh, some of the biggest news stories of the last decade. But before we actually get into that, let's go ahead and talk about what happened. I've been dying to talk about this all week. Let's talk about the one-night Monday night war and everything that went down between TNA Impact featuring Hulk Hogan, uh, the return of the NWO, Val Venus, the Nasty Boys, you name it, and... and On Raw's side, we had Brett, the hitman Hart, making his return. And i got to be honest, guys. When you talk about Raw, i got to be honest, it gave me goosebumps. And I'm not even a Bret Hart fan, okay? No offense to the guy. I respect his body of work in this business. Not a big Bret Hart fan. Not a big Bret Hart supporter. But just seeing Bret Hart come back to Monday Night Raw after, what, almost 13 years... It was very surreal. It actually sent goosebumps up and down my spine when he called out Shawn Michaels at the beginning of the show
3: and they made amends in the middle of the ring. I mean. And and you got a feeling that, you know, it could have been, and and it quite possibly could have been somewhat of a work, but you really believed deep down that. And it's a little bit different for me. I've, I've been a friend of Bret Hart's for. 20 years, and I'll get into a little bit of a story, a couple of different stories about Bret Hart later on in the show, but whether it was a work or not, and some would say that it might have been, um, I personally really think that it was very genuine on behalf of Bret, and certainly on behalf of Shawn Michaels. and we'll never know whether it was a work, but the, the, both of them led off the top of the raw show very, very well. And I, I really believe that the whole spot went exceedingly well. And certainly the finish of it w- was very, very good with the two of them hugging and, uh, and, uh, and continuing along. But I really think that the, the whole scenario with the two of them doing what they did in Bearing the Hatchet, and let's be honest, I mean, if you watched it, Michaels gave his perspectives. He basically said, you know, Brett, you deserved a lot of what happened back in the day. He, Sean Michaels was always of the opinion that, that Brett Hart had a very high self-esteem of his own work and of himself as a wrestler and as a person, which is the case. Um, Brett on the other hand was was obviously very annoyed at not being given the opportunity by Vince McMahon to graciously leave WWF at the time on his way to Ted Turner's WCW under, under his own terms and Vince did what he did because he was afraid that Brett wouldn't do the job and took matters under his own hands and it was what it was and Brett did what he did and and looking back 12 and a half years down the road and it really it doesn't seem that long ago um i really think that the way it was pulled off certainly off of the top of of the raw show this past week was very well done on Brett's behalf on Shawn Michael's behalf and then certainly with leaving us hanging um, after Brett calls out Vince uh, upon Michael's exiting and Vince not showing up, and of course then Vince stating that he would show up later in the show on his own terms and nobody calls him out, and the whole scenario whereby Vince goes along with what Brett had to say and agreed and played out the whole highlight ...package, if you will, verbally of Brett's career um, at the Royal Rumble. And, and certainly the King of the Ring, um, which Brett and Vince made reference to, uh, took place in the very same building at the Nutter Center. Um, was very well done. And then for Vince to announce that the first inductee into one of my favorite nights of the year in wrestling, the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony the night before WrestleMania... Um, where Vince announced that, in fact, the patriarch of the Hart wrestling dynasty, if you will, the late great Stu Hart, would be the initial inductee into the 2010 class of the WWE Hall of Fame, was a fantastic um, thing for Vince to do, and then for him to raise Bret Hart's arm to all four sides of the Nutter Center, proceeded, and I'm sure somewhere, if not live, but that Brett's brother Bruce was sitting somewhere, (laughs) really, really, and, and you hear us laughing, because maybe you don't know Bruce Hart, but Bruce Hart ran and booked Stampede Wrestling for many, many years, and his favorite heel spot was what Vince did to Brett this past Monday at the end of Raw, when he very eloquently and and very physically gave Brett the Bruce Hart nut shot to the testicular zone and uh Brett bumped and it was it was I popped. I'm sure everybody else did. A lot a lot of people were probably very surprised at at what Vince did. I was not but immediately when Vince did that, thought of Bruce, and somewhere in the back of my brain, the audio on Bruce Hart was turned up with a very typical, atypical Bruce chuckle. And uh the whole thing was very well done. But having said that, those three spots were great. Yet the rest of the show was very raw-like and very average and, and very not like anything else they have been doing over the last few weeks, whereas on the other side of the dial, TNA tried to pull out all the stops and and, and blasted the first half an hour with so many things. We'll get into that in a second, but uh, on the WWE side, on the Raw side, great job with the Brett, Sean, Vince spots. Rest of the show, highly average.
2: Well, i got to admit, I really enjoyed uh, the Kofi Kingston-Randy Orton segment. I thought it went really well.
3: That was well done, yes.
2: I really did. Uh, You know, and I even enjoyed the Chris Jericho and and Bret Hart segment in the back. I thought that went uh, pretty well, where he basically said that Jericho was the biggest
3: screamer of all the guys that ever went through the dungeon. And
2: So, I mean, I I like that. I I thought it was...
3: And certainly Jericho referencing, and I think a lot of people didn't know what the hell he was talking about when, when... when he said that, that he was he would stretch Keith, Keith being the the older brother to Brett and, and who is uh you know, was a firefighter for many years and now is a school teacher as well as Bruce and Ross. And and later in the conversation when, when Brett corrected him and said, actually it was it was Smithheart who if you've ever met Smithhardt, is a really strange yet really 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 funny guy and obviously Dave you've met and yes. talked to Smith.
2: Oh I have um, I've worked with the bastard, yeah, Jimmy you, Smith.
3: Yeah yeah. <laughs> and um I, I hasten to say that only a few actually understood what the hell uh Brett was talking about, but I certainly was one of them and uh, rather enjoyed the very, very well done um segment with, with Chris Jericho and 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 Brad Hart, and of course, later in the week, it was very interesting to see on SmackDown, and we could talk about this later. Um, the Hart Dynasty, um, Tyson Kidd, David Hart Smith, tagging with Chris Jericho on SmackDown, and and I thought that whole match was highly entertaining. I would agree. Yeah, um, <clears throat> the
4: the six man tag with with Chris Jericho getting involved with the the Hart Dynasty, I think certainly, wants it he wants that to build to maybe a further relationship with Bret Hart to try to get Jericho back on Raw and uh, this was just the first step but yeah that was a great match and who knows i mean there was a lot of talk about why the Hart dynasty didn't appear and why Bret didn't use his power as guest host to assign himself a permanent position within WWE as a full-time talent and that's where a couple a lot of people felt a couple of were a couple of spots where they kind of Drop the ball, but
3: and of course, Dave. Uh, no, Bret Hart tomorrow night. No, he's apparently he, on Raw. There might be some tape segments. What I'm hearing where they'll they'll edit them into the show. Oh, okay,
4: well, not yeah, not live tomorrow, but definitely uh, a week from tomorrow in in Knoxville for for Monday Night Raw. So,
2: well, you know, like I said, I thought Raw was uh, it was a, it was a very typical show. Other than the fact yeah, typical that
4: typical is a perfect word for it.
2: Other than the fact that we did have Bret Hart on it and. You know, you guys talk about the nutshot. shot. I, I got to be honest. I thought Brett no sold it well. He he was up within thirty seconds of getting nutshot. I mean, I don't know. I, I thought Brett had cojones. What, what happened there? He just he got up too quick to sell it. But overall, I like the uh, the opening segment with Brett. I like the ending segment with Brett. This is obviously going to go somewhere. I mean, the rumor is there's going to be a match at WrestleMania. It's going to be a street fight, and. I tend to agree with that. I think that's exactly what they've got planned. Otherwise, why would Brett have a short-term contract that takes him all the way to April unless they have something major planned for WrestleMania?
4: Could I suggest an idea similar to what Vince McMahon did with uh, Donald Trump, where it was Bobby Lashley against Umaga's representation? Maybe Bret Hart, if he's not in the shape to do a street fight with Vince, uh like each, each of them picks a tag team, Bret picks... uh Harry and TJ, and Vince picks a tag team, and if Harry and TJ lose, then then Bret Hart has to disappear, and then that's how they disappear. And, obviously, uh, Harry and TJ would have a primetime match on uh, WrestleMania
2: 26. Well, there's that. There's also the possibility, if you want to go that route, uh, obviously, and this was something I was going to cover later on We when we test out the uh, the crystal ball and go into the future, but I guess another scenario that we could uh, we could really discuss, if you wanted to go that route, we've got this rematch that's going to take place this year at WrestleMania 26 between The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. It, it's highly feasible uh, that Bret Hart could have Shawn Michaels in his corner and Vince McMahon could have The Undertaker, and that's where you could see that. If that in do- that's true. If that does, in fact,
3: happen.
4: That That's a, another great possibility, Shark.
3: Well... Let me just say this about all the, the previous fantasy booking out of the two of you. And, and you know what? You, you could uh, give your scenarios, and everybody in the chat room can give what they think might happen over the next little while and what's going to happen with Brett. But the simple fact of the matter is is that there are only two more, to the best of my knowledge, um, guest hosts lined up for Monday Night Raw, unless they have some more that they haven't announced. But, of course, tomorrow night, the former world's toughest man, at least he proclaimed that on his last visit on the Oprah Winfrey show, Iron Mike Tyson, uh, will be the guest host tomorrow night. And that should be really entertaining. Um, rumor has it that uh, one Mr. Steve Austin might show up to promote his new endeavor. That could be. And there's some, there's some... What? I think we have a bad connection here.
5: What? I,
3: I'm sorry. I
5: are you saying we'll show up on Raw, boy? What? If do like Stone Cold, to show up on
3: Raw. Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, Stone Cold uh, once again digging deep into the uh, uh financial deep financial pockets, I might add, of the uh financial powers that be here at Sunday Night Showdown, and and who knows whether Steve Austin will show up. To do something with Iron Mike Tyson tomorrow night. Only time will tell. And of course,
0: I don't know. I I kind of feel like I won't punch Mike Tyson in the mouth. interrupting me, invincible man. I'm gonna beat his ass. I'm gonna bite his ear off, motherfucker.
3: And you know what? When 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 you, Mr. Tyson, were not but a couple of weeks ago on the Oprah Winfrey Show, you were you were dispelling the rumors that in fact that that you still had some sort of uh, uh hang up with with hitting women. But you you did a very good job. I must I must say, Mike, you did a outstanding job in not reaching across that five thousand dollar coffee table and giving Oprah what for right across the the cow. Thank you
0: very much, Shaq. I appreciate
3: it. All right. So how about that for for a budget? Iron Mike Tyson and Stone Cold Steve Austin in studio here on Sunday Night Showdown in the last five seconds or five minutes. However, um the the other the other guest host lined up, of course, is uh, for all you trekkies out there, uh, a favorite of yours, William Shatner, will be the uh, guest host, I believe, Dave, uh, the week after.
4: I, I'm hearing actually, or John, is it
3: two weeks it, after?
4: Yeah, it's it's uh, tomorrow night, the 11th is Mike Tyson, the 18th is John Heater, aka Napoleon Dynamite, and then oh! The, oh, I still haven't seen that movie. And uh, November 25th, or excuse me, November January 25th. Uh, the week before the Royal Rumble, is Captain Kirk.
3: There you go. There you go. So you, you have to think that that Brett will... Well, I, I already I already know that they've been at his house here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada uh, over the last 48 hours to... Uh, oh, am I allowed oh, to say uh, Oh, I can No, say sorry. It uh,
4: James Roday on the 25th and Shatner on the 1st.
3: James Roday. Okay. I,
4: whoever... The, I don't know who that is.
3: Double J, James Roday? Still don't know.
2: I have
6: no idea. And you,
3: idea and you know what? Between the three of us, if they've booked a guest host by the name of James Roday on Monday Night Raw in two weeks, and neither one of the three of us knows who the fuck he is? According to Dave Stevens in chat, he yes. is, uh, I guess, one of the stars
2: of Psych. Which Psych. Is, which is what? Which is on, I believe, what the USA Network is. Oh, is okay. That? I don't know. I, I don't really pay that much attention to okay, so there's some programming in, on USA other inter- than network
3: Inter-network promotion going on there from the USA network to uh to Raw.
2: Okay, wait. wait. If they were going to like actually co-promote this with people from USA, then why the <laughs> fuck don't they have Bruce Campbell on the fucking air? I'd mark hard for Bruce Campbell. I don't know who the fuck James Roday is.
3: Never heard of him. Stacy Keebler. It was it was rumored, you know, in, in just this past little while that she wanted to be a guest host. S yes, of Monday Night Raw, and they they kind of dissed her. They didn't they didn't even get to her. But well, I apparently I'd, I'd like to see Stacy's uh, legs make a perfect ass of themselves <laughs> one more time on Raw.
4: Apparently, they suggested a date to her, and her schedule didn't match up with with their schedule. And She's a busy
3: little girl lately.
4: Apparently, I don't know. W- what she's doing, maybe she's modeling again. Well,
3: I don't know, but uh, I know that Paul Heyman really, really likes to look at pictures of Stacy Keebler, and hence all of the Stacy Keebler pictures right. on the Heyman Hustle lately. Well,
4: and speaking of the Hustle, uh, his latest column was the day of Raw, January 4th, the Raw vs. Impact. So definitely check that out, uh, because it talks about the real battle between Spike TV and the USA Network versus World Wrestling Entertainment and TNA Wrestling.
3: And I read that, and that was very, very well done. Very well and uh, uh, Paul Heyman knows the inner workings of uh, behind the scenes of the networks. And that was, uh, uh, if, if you haven't read it, go on to HeymanHustle.com and read his uh, perspectives of the Monday Night War with WWE and TNA. I want to make mention of one other website, and I, I, I never I never plug other websites, but... I want to make mention of one thing, and that's the fact that um, this past week uh, was the funeral of Dr. Death Steve Williams. Um, and what a great guy he was. And, and if you haven't been on YouTube to check out some of his matches in Japan, I highly recommend you do so. Some of his tag matches, of course, with the late great Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Um, some of his UWF tag team matches with the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, second to none, Um but on JR, on, on Jim Ross's blog, JR, JR's JR's barbecue, barbecue, yeah. dot com. Blog, yep. this week his latest blog is about the funeral and who spoke. Uh, <laughs> Barry Switzer, the, the coach of, uh, the football coach of the University of Oklahoma, uh, was there and spoke. Terry Taylor, um, spoke. Uh, Stan Laird Hansen spoke and of course JR spoke. Oh wow. Uh, and, uh, it's a great read, and will give you a great feel of of the guy that Doctor Death Steve Williams was, and how well thought of he was, and what the hell are you guys fucking laughing about? And while reading the chat room, who's funny in there?
4: We, we want to welcome the Tray Dog and the uh, retired W V I P uh, or W B C W champion Santa Loco,
2: both in the chat room.
4: Wait a minute,
3: wait a minute. Santa Loco is retired. Well, the eFed was
2: retired okay. from WrestleView, which I will get into later on in the show. We'll discuss that more at length, but, uh. So
3: he really doesn't have the belt anymore.
2: He does, Nobody has a belt anymore. All the championships were retired. Nice. The, the, the Fed folded. So. Right. We've got to discuss, uh, what's going to happen next, but I want to give a quick shout out to the trade dog who, uh, apparently I got fired from Wrestling News Live and the WrestleView Radio Network, which I guess now he's back with Wrestling News Live, but. I do want to say this. You actually brought up a good point. That was the other thing I wanted to thank WrestleView for was I always wanted to be future-endeavored, and I finally got my wish, so now I feel special.
3: They didn't even have the balls. To, I, I, th- I swear I wasn't going to go there, but they didn't even have the balls to, to give you the, the send-off that, that you were so rightfully deserved. Again, I'm not here to trash them. We're not no. trashing them. So, no, no,
4: Well, it was always funny because when, when I worked at my job, I said to uh, my boss, because my boss and I always had a really good relationship.
3: And up I until said, the point you were fired?
4: No no, I I I quit so I could go back to school. Oh, okay. And he's like uh I was I was made the joke. He's like, "Dave, I need to give you a piece of paper." And I said, "Is it is it pink?" He said, "No, it's not." I said, "Okay, <laughs> then I'll accept it." He always we always got a good laugh out of that because I was always You were
3: paranoid about that, right? Well,
4: I was always kind of on the brink. It's like, "What did I do now?" And uh it, I was it was always on the brink of of disaster, but I always uh I was joke with him about if, if you're going to hand me a pink piece of paper, then you better bring security with you uh, as you walk me out of the building.
3: Nice. I see they're already they're already getting geared up for whatever incarnation the Efed will have next. They're cutting promos already. Double J in the in the chat room.
2: Yeah. They are. They are. Uh, let's let's switch gears. I know we're done talking about Raw. Let's talk a little bit about the TNA Impact. Which I got to be real honest, I actually chose to watch Impact because here in Canada we uh, actually get a replay of Raw on the score. So I watched the Impact. Live. Live. And let me just say this. I really felt like I was watching a really bad version of an old WCW Nitro or, hell, let's go so far as to say even Thunder (laughs) is what it reminded me of. It was just bizarre. I mean, I give TNA credit for trying to do something. The opening match, the butthole of doom, as many have called (laughs) the cage.
4: (laughs) That will now be permanently retired.
2: Is permanently retired. I really felt bad for uh, for poor Homicide, Homicide, yeah, who who couldn't get out of the cage, which I thought was fantastic, you know. And the crowd chanting "This is bullshit" and Spike trying to edit on the uh, on the fly was just the hilarious. That was bee. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, I really feel bad for Homicide. He could not get out of the damn cage, and then all of a sudden we have Jeff Hardy come out. Now the match ended in a DQ in a cage. Why?
4: Actually, Hogan uh, had an explanation for that. Apparently, um, they had a a different idea going, and when that didn't work, they decided to go to the DQ with Homicide using that weapon against everyone else. It it didn't
3: work because when they arrived at the studio on Monday, there was no door.
4: That's it,
3: yeah. There was no door. I mean, honestly,
2: I, I I sat back, and Harmony was sitting right beside me, and she's like, did that just end in
3: a DQ in a cage? And I'm like, yeah, it did. And in, you, you guys in the rest of North America fell off your proverbial couches at the same time as the rest of us. I,
4: I was in a Justin chat room because I was at our uh, local library, and there were like seven thousand viewers in the uh, in the, the Justin chat room and the Justin uh, TV chat room, which to me really showed that that a lot of people cared about what happened that night on both Impact and Raw, and and. Uh, <laughs> You couldn't read the postings fast enough. As soon as you read one, ten more went by because everybody couldn't believe, especially unopposed live on a Monday night. How you start the show with that? Maybe it's the third or fourth segment, but how you start a show with a DQ cage match? Unbelievable.
3: Well, and, and really, for for the if it didn't have that botched finish, um, it was hard to watch the match because of the thickness of the of the metal bars. Um, and a lot of the other um, TNA cages we've seen over the last couple of years have been really good for, you know, the yeah, Six Sides of Steel. It yeah, w- was excellent for, for, for watching cage matches. Yeah, because they cut a hole in the
4: cage. Like, exactly. If you remember the old WWE blue cage uh, with especially Brett versus Owen.
3: That Hogan, King Kong, Bundy, same thing. Exactly. Yep, yep.
4: The, the squares were a lot yep. a lot wider and a you lot You could see taller. the match. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You had
3: guys killing themselves. Suicide and homicide and genocide and uh, whoever else was <laughs> in that match that I couldn't fucking see. Uh, mononucleicide, you know, him too, them. him too. Um, and, and you know, it, it was really a shame and I, I really. Pesticide,
2: that was another one. There right. you go, yeah.
3: Um, and I really felt bad for the guys in the match who yeah. were bumping their butts off and, and really it was bad and, and for the, for the chant that went down in the impact zone, this is beep shit. This is beep shit. That was very funny shit. It,
4: it took them five or six uh, chants before they finally got the the buzzer on there.
3: And, and you know, you you got it on one hand because we're all very critical, and everybody else is is very critical of the whole Dixie Hulk Eric Vince brother scenario.
6: You know, and
3: <laughs> who needs a pre-recorded? That's right. We have our own soundbite guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and you know the speculation on what was going to go down on TNA Impact on, on Monday night was widespread. However, given the the outcome and, and the botched, you know, and and one day that cage match will be on a on a botchmania well, tape somewhere. Yeah,
4: it's uh. We, <laughs> it's already obviously it's only been one week, but it's probably the leading candidate for worst match of 2010. Granted, because granted, there may not be anything that matches it.
3: And that on one hand, but on the other hand, Double J, you re, you have to in, in some sense, although we'll pick apart the three little spots in the first half an hour, with with two commercial segments, you got Ric Flair styling and profiling coming in a, in a limo, um, you, you got. You got the whole Jeff Hardy killing any sort of momentum that, that any of the guys in the in, in, in the cage had. Well, and Kevin and, Nash's completely nonsensical
4: backstage promo with Christy Hemme. Correct. You'd almost think he had been...
3: And by the way, I just want to go on record as saying that in the black evening gown, Christy... Oh,
4: that one-piece suit or whatever that was? I'm talking. Holy shit.
3: I'm talking. Christy Hemi looked... Better than I've ever seen her on Monday night. And you know what? I think the bad promo cut by Kevin Nash was highly attributable to Christy's breasts. Just a theory. Just a theory. But, you know, you have that and, and, and the <laughs> the Jeff Jarrett promo and, and the Jeff Hardy thing and the Ric Flair thing. All in the first 28 minutes. Talk about blowing your load. And then then it gets really crazy. Well, going back to the whole Jeff
2: Hardy thing, before you guys go any further, uh, I just thought it was hilarious, and I knew that he was coming out. I could could feel it in the air, okay? When Jeff Hardy came out, the music hit, I'm like, oh, fuck. It's Jeff Hardy. He comes out, uh, you know, climbs on top of the cage, and I was just thinking, maybe they brought him in, because they wanted him to get used to what it's like to be around bars. Because I'm pretty sure he's about to know firsthand what that's like since he's been indicted and if anything he's going to
3: be summoned as bitch soon
2: if anything you know it was a big slap in the face to the guys that made him over in the wwe because he left that company probably the biggest superstar even bigger than john cena in in 2009 i mean he was the go-to superstar in you said he was the biggest
3: baby face in the company i believe i did say one that, wwe yes. pay-per-view that that Jeff was still part of.
2: Exactly. But I, I gotta I gotta say, not only did he slap Vince <laughs> in the face <laughs> X <X-Dux>. Ducks. <laughs> yep. Not only did he uh he slap Vince in the face in WWE, but I kind of feel sorry for Matt Hardy, who I think is gonna job to oblivion now because if Vince can't get back at Jeff Hardy He'll pay the price. Yeah. Matt Hardy will damn sure pay the price. So uh I guess Matt Hardy will be uh writing his contract out and then he'll be signing with TNA in the near future. So kudos to that. But you know, Hogan shows up, I don't know if you got to that segment or not, but this was the thing that killed me. Hogan shows up, comes out of the limousine, and then when he gets on the microphone, he says, oh, I've been in the back talking to the guys all day, but then again, he just showed up in the limousine. So,
3: Well, he went to Morton's of Chicago, oh up the street from from the Impact Zone, had his a la carte steak dinner, went to the... To the dollhouse, went to the Rub and Tug, uh, which I hear his girlfriend is works at. In what capacity, I haven't quite figured out. But Mark the Shark, the will find this out, as I'm sure you might suspect. And then he came back to the impact zone in the limo. Just a theory.
2: I don't know. I I, I did, <laughs> I did hear Cornette's rant this week, and I thought it was priceless. Wasn't <laughs> that beautifully done? It was priceless. And actually, I read something today. I believe it was on uh, on WrestleZone. I actually read a comment that was made. Hogan was on Bubba the Love Sponge the other day, which you know is like an everyday thing for Hogan.
3: Who replaced Lauren, by the way.
2: There you go. Um, So he was on Bubba the Love Sponge, and I believe they talked about Cornette's rant, and he actually said, and I quote, that (laughs) they had thought about bringing Cornette in. Now, let's think back for a second. Cornette was released from the company, left on bad terms because... He wanted to have some creative control because he had creative ideas, and they wouldn't let him in. So the fact that Hogan would say, yeah, we were going to bring him in, but he's so negative on the product that, you know, I just can't bring him in. Well, he was
3: already gone from the company, so nice way to save face there, Hogan. Well, and, and, you know, having said that, Double J and I.D., the the simple fact that for those of you that haven't listened to James E. Cornett's unbelievably... Candid and unbelievably funny, and that would be putting it lightly. His latest rant, um, and and Dave, I, I think we'll, we'll take some time. Go ahead, g- give the listeners.
4: Okay, I, we will the, the spot. Uh, okay, we're pro- we will promote it. Uh, who's slamming who? W h o s s l a m m i n g w h o dot. Who's slamming who? Yep. Dot dot com. Now they have about 8 or 10 different shows, and you just scroll down until you find Cornets, and then you right-click and save it, and then listen to it. Uh, you can also probably find Who's Slamming Who on iTunes. And, and it, it is, is not on his, his own, own website. No, I it subscribe to it through iTunes, so if you can find it on iTunes, along with Sunday Night Showdown's iTunes, uh, you can definitely check it out there. But I'll disagree with him on, on one point, and that was just that the, the whole issue of that Raw had to deal with geriatrics who can't walk and wrestle anymore. <laughs> I'll disagree with one point simply because the whole, excuse me, the whole Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon thing had to happen. If, if it was five minutes or 30 minutes, it had to happen. If it happens again and again and again and again, then I agree with Cornette. But the whole idea that Bret Shawn and Bret Vince, it had to actually happen. The segments may have gone a little bit too long, but they did have to recognize the two gentlemen in the ring at the same time. But like I said, if it's follow-up, 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 then I completely agree, agree with what Cornette said.
3: Well, and, and Jim did, you know, cut it up pretty badly, but, you know, I, I agree with you, Dave, and I hate to, because I don't agree with most of what you say, but in this case, all kidding aside, uh, you, you hit the nail right on the head. The, the fact that, uh, they took the time to tell the story and have the outcome with the, uh, with the, <laughs> Field goal kick to Brett's testicles was, was great. But getting back to the whole TNA scenario, um, Cornette made light of the fact that, that, uh, you know, that the office is stumbling over each other and you, you really gotta think. And I made mention of this on, on a couple of previous shows at the end of, of 09 that you gotta believe that Vince Russo isn't long for not only the booking committee in TNA, but long for That company or any other wrestling company, real soon. I I would agree with that.
2: I think he is out the door soon.
4: I'll tell you a couple of segments about Impact. One, the Bobby Lashley and his wife turning heel because now he wants to be an MMA fighter, trying to get out of his contract. Came out of left field. Was completely stupid, and I mean, the the fans in Orlando rightfully turned on both of them, and I
3: mean, not to mention Dave that. That Crystal should have been wearing a much more revealing top. Go ahead. Well,
4: exactly. And just the idea that um, well, now he wants to be an MMA fighter, he's gonna be uh, on the Strike Force show on CBS the night before the rumble on the thirtieth.
3: Thirtieth, yep.
4: Like why not As do a that? yet
3: to be determined opponent? Yeah.
4: Why not do a <laughs> co promotion rather than saying, you know, guys, uh, my I, I always wanted to do professional wrestling. I did it in with WWE, now I'm doing it here, but my ultimate goal has been reached. I am now with Strike Force. I'd love, I'd, I'd like to say thank you very much to TNA and to you, the crowd in Orlando, and di- and do a final farewell. And
3: Dave, great scenario. What, however, what
4: a horrible, horrible yeah. heel turn that was.
3: And great scenario, but but the simple fact of the matter is, Strikeforce is in bed with CBS and Showtime, and obviously TNA is with um, Spike.
4: Spike's owned by the CBS
3: family. Yeah, but I, I. Didn't think that that would happen, and it cer- well, certainly. Not,
4: not that I'm going to be on Strike Force on January 30th, please watch, but just that I've been signed by a a MMA company. And you notice
3: he did no mention of the word Strike Force at all no, exactly. in any of the Yeah, promos. that's
4: probably a good thing. And the other underrated segment Samoa Joe and Abyss busted their ass on Monday, and everybody everyone forgot about it because obviously Kurt Angle and AJ Styles, unbelievable. Fantastic. But. It's like, well, that was the only decent wrestling match. Except for how,
3: how many ankle walks attempts? Yeah, I was going to
2: say, the only problem I had with AJ and Angle, it just seems like, and this is Angle's go-to move. Every time he does anything, it's all about the ankle lock. And I understand that, you know, that's his finish. That's what he's going for. But every move has to be the ankle lock. That kind of bothered me. I know they were going with reversals after this and that. I thought it was a good match. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I thought it was horrible. But I did think that, just a little bit too much of the angle, the ang- the uh, the ankle lock. Excuse me. The
3: ankle angle. The angle lock. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but the <laughs> but, ankle angle, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh,
4: uh, Abyss and Samoa Joe did a fantastic job. Right. And uh, i, I got to tell you, we'll give you a couple of spoilers to, to Genesis. And one is the Nasty Boys against 3D. Oh, wow. How dare you
2: give spoilers on this show. And, wow.
4: And Hull and Nash against Beer Money. So... We're gonna be here for Genesis. We're gonna cover hey Genesis yo. live. But I, oh my god.
5: Hey yo, did everybody come here to see beer money, <laughs> or
2: did everybody come here to see the NWO?
7: <laughs> One more for the good guys.
3: Yep, and yeah. you know what? And that's basically, except for the. No reference of the NWO because <laughs> Vinnie Mac owns the NWO. Yeah. Um, although you know what, I, I I don't think he owns the Wolfpack, and I think that's eventually what you're gonna see the the Nash Hall, yeah, Pac scenario be called maybe as the Wolfpack, and uh, um, you know we're going over the events of of the changing of the guard at TNA in this past Monday's TNA Impact. And I, I was really left with the feeling, even after the first segment, that, oh my god, I'm witnessing a fucking train wreck. And you know what? As, as every segment went off, except for a couple, the, the, the Joe Abyss match was, yep. was well done. Yep, very underrated. Forgotten um, and, and there were some other really good things I really liked. I, I really liked Jeff. Uh, David's not school you don't have to put up your hand when you want to talk just
0: ooh, pick me pick me pick me
3: ooh, okay, okay horsehawk <laughs> um but i i really feel that there were some excellent spots and segments in TNA Impact this past Monday i liked the the Jeff Jarrett promo um i liked the fact that, that Hulk cut him off and kind of went a little heelish on uh Hello. Went a little. We have a, a Skypester. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. yet. That's the home phone, buddy. Okay. Um, and, and there were some other good things, but all in all, these people, and and Jim Cornette said it properly. These people have to sit down well in advance and think about not only what they're booking and what they're doing on the one show. But they really have to think about the outcome of the matches, the setups for the, for the storylines and the angles that are going to play off into future shows. And I mean, they left us hanging with, you know, who was beating up Rhino, who left the Motor City machine guns laying. We didn't find that out. We, we didn't find out, uh, what Flair was up to, whose his association might be with and why he was even there. We didn't find that out. Uh, we didn't find out what's up with Sting, we didn't find that out, so there are three or four major scenarios, and of course, they don't even know, I believe, what they're going to do with Jeff Hardy now, since the day after all this went down, as you already stated, Double J, he was indicted, and I really think that they don't know what they want to do with him, because they don't know about his availability, and... Uh, you know, I, I watched the show and I was I was rather stunned. I, I originally thought that, you know, there was some good stuff that I had seen. But having dissected it after the fact, I, I found that, you know, I, I really expected a lot better. Because, let's not kid ourselves, as, as much as Vince Russo has been taking the helm with Dixie Carter and... and, and Jerry and Jeff Jarrett's blessing, um, the booking reigns in TNA, I really, really thought that there would be some more semblance of normality. And even though that the finishes were less contrived and and there was less going on in the matches, I really thought that with one Eric Bischoff involved, that um, the whole show would have flowed a little bit better than what it did.
4: Uh Tray Dog has a question from the chat room. Shark, did you really want all the answers in just one night?
3: Well, <laughs> very good question, Trey Dog. What
8: are you, Hawk? <laughs> well, you
3: know, he's dead. And speaking of deceased, we're going to be going over some of the some of the people that are no longer with us from the world of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment in just a little bit on this very show. But no, Trey, um, there was a lot that they packed in. To the three hours, and uh, no, I did not expect all the answers. But I found that a lot of the answers that they did give were bad, and that a lot of the scenarios that went down, other than the obvious end of the cage, um, could have been better done. And I, I really didn't like the fact that, in my humble estimation, they were not only not using but demeaning and diminishing the value of some of their long-standing TNA talent that have made them the second-largest wrestling promotion in North America. And uh, I really didn't like the way they used some of their own talent.
2: Well, I'll say this. I'm going to agree with I didn't like the way they used some of their own talent. I didn't like the way they brought in some of the older talent. I mean, really, Nasty Boys, I could have done without. No kidding. Val Venus... I, Again, it was a funny segment with him and the beautiful people. I had no problem with that, really. Uh, Orlando Jordan, a lot of people don't even remember who the fuck he is. Right. So, I mean, maybe they could do something with him. Um, to me, one of the only things that I felt they really did right on Monday Night on Impact, and it's because I'm a big fan of Elijah Burke, I think he's got tons of potential. I'm not big into the Pope gimmick, but his athleticism, his ability, what he can do in that ring, really, to me, solidifies him a superstar and the fact they gave him a clean win over Desmond Wolf is fantastic, and I hope that they continue to push that along, because I think that he's got tons of potential and could be a major star for that company.
3: So, And my favorite new tagline, the Pope has spoken. That is nice. That, I love that. And you know what? He's doing a good job.
4: Yeah, Elijah Burke's doing a fantastic job. Uh, one more point for me about Impact, and this is... Uh, this is agreeing with what Cornette said on his show was the whole thing that uh between Matt Morgan and and uh the the tag team match that he had against Raven and Dr. Stevie, the fact that that lasted 5 seconds in favor of the extra long Mick Foley and Nasty Boys trying to get through security video segments didn't obviously that that didn't show very well for for Matt Morgan and uh, Super Max, uh Hernandez.
2: And, and, you know, I think we all know exactly who was behind the attacks, behind, you know, beer money, the mo- the motors, the motor city machine guns.
3: Easy Damn. Blah, blah, blah. What's in your big gulp? Believe or it or not, <laughs> <Just> there, <laughs>
2: it's no alcohol tonight. No, nope, we're,
3: we're, 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 we're clean, we're clean broadcast tonight.
2: That's right. Clean and sober. Right. You know, I recently got fired, so I'm, I'm trying to, you know, reinvent clean up my act. To, you know rein, rein,
3: to reinvent the wellness here on Sunday Night Showdown.
2: But. <laughs> But for the most part, like I said, no, um I mean, we're all going to figure it out. It, it's obviously Hall and Nash and, you know, the kid, which I'm hoping that they really do something with Waltman. I don't have a problem with him, per se.
3: And, and you know what? He looked really good.
2: He did. He really I, did. I, I just hope that this is not a, a two- or three-week thing where they come out and, you know, it even looked to me at the end of uh, the show that Nash was talking to, to Hall that he looked drunk. And it looked like Nash pulled him to the side and said... You need to sober your shit up. <laughs> I, I, maybe that's just me, but that's what it looked like. I mean, I, I could be maybe, starting a rumor here. But maybe maybe
3: it was meant to look like that. And maybe it
2: was. I don't know. I just, and, and I'm a big fan of Razor Ramon. I've always been a Razor Mark. So I would like to see Scott Hall do something with a company as long as he continues to show up. He continues to stay sober. Same with Sean Waltman. I just, I felt like some of the people they brought in, Brutus Beefcake, the Nasty Boys, Nobody cares. This is is about building your talents up. Absolutely. And it just seems to me that no matter what TNA does, it's always about going out and picking up former stars that the WWE made famous. And nobody can argue that point because that's what they do. I mean, literally, Harmony has been reading Eric Bischoff's book, uh, Controversy Creates Cash. She's been reading that over the last couple of weeks. And she's been very insightful with me about what she's read Even down to everything that's happening in TNA is almost identical to what happened when they signed Hulk Hogan and WCW from when Hulk Hogan signed with WCW. They had a parade at, what, MGM or or Disney Studios? They did the same thing in Orlando when they did this this last time. Everything they're doing is the same thing that they started with WCW. They brought in Hogan's friends. They brought in Savage. They brought in Beefcake. They brought in, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy. It's all the same, you know, and I I really want them to succeed. I'm not going to sit here and be a TNA hater. I want to see them really grasp the ball and run with it and make some type of of dent in the armor of the WWE. I want to see them, honestly, right here, right now, I want to see them go head-to-head with them Every week on Monday nights. I hope that they move that show over there because, you know what, it's competition and it breeds good for both companies. Vince is at his best when he has somebody infringing on his territory. That's why the Monday Night Wars were so great. Is it going to be the same as it was? No, absolutely not. Factors have have changed. I don't think TNA will ever beat WWE in the ratings. But I want to see them run head to head because if I'm bored watching Monday Night Raw, I want to know that there's an option that I can turn the channel and watch something else. And and don't you think that would
4: push uh, the score in in Canada to remove that 15-minute delay as well? Absolutely it would. But uh, one quick point that I'll give both companies credit for. Quarter one in the uh, head-to-head, 8.3 million people watching. And that's, no matter how good or bad that was, 8.3 million total wrestling fans watching wrestling on TV. In the first quarter
3: of each show well in the first in, in the first
4: opposed hour yep uh it that's i mean it did drop off after that but 8.3 million people wanting to see what's going on that's unreal. it is 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 fantastic i mean when when raw was drawing a 3.5 that meant maybe four people were watching so this got 8.3 million people watching which no matter wh- what the company is who they are what they're doing yep. that's a positive
3: listen and, and i couldn't agree with you guys more i mean uh My whole perspective is I really want TNA to to do well. And like you said, Double J, if TNA is doing well, the competition breeds better programming, and the benefactors of all of it are us wrestling fans that would like to have better product and better storylines and matches out of not only WWE but TNA. And, of course, now... Speaking of James E. Coronet, Dave, Ring of Honor,
1: yep, High I, Def Net. I've got
3: 8, Net. East, eight Eastern, six o'clock Mountain, yep, five o'clock on the West Coast, um, it, every no, night, you know, every Monday night. Sorry, and and uh, right now there is talk with the powers that be at TNA and Spike that maybe eventually, sooner than later, that they're going to move. Or maybe not move. They'll they'll continue to have the replay on Thursday night. But in fact, they'll they'll do it live on Monday night, head to head, with with Raw. Uh, but two points I want to make about about Impact. One, I will not listen to another Bubba the Love Sponge segment. I will either mute or go to another channel. And two, the funniest thing happened when the Wolfpack or the NWO. Or wherever we want to call Hall Nash and uh, and uh, Waltman came on. is I had a phone call in that first segment, and it was none other than Rick Titan. and he I pick I recognized his number. Who, for those of you that don't know, was the second Razor Ramon in WWF. And I picked up the phone because I saw his number on the call display, and I said yes, and he said, as you might expect. Hey yo. William <laughs> Chico, And I just about fucking fell off the couch because <laughs> I hadn't spoken to Rick Titan slash Bogner for a number of months. And of course he picked the most opportun- opportune time to call me and we we had a good laugh and a good chuckle and, and told some bad news Allen stories and, and, and by the way, on our new incarnation of this very show Sunday Night Showdown. The shark is already working, and I know you are too, Double J, on a couple of guests that we're going to book and have in segments on this very show. I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, You know, we're not going to say from who, but there will be some interesting guests, and we're going to have a lot of fun on a guest segment here on Sunday Night Showdown in the not-too-distant future.
4: All right, well, sorry, the key to impact and the key to... TNA on Monday nights, I think, is the fact that they're going to have to go, we're going to do all Eastern time here. If Raw is 9 to 11 Eastern, TNA has got to do the Nitro spot of 8 to 10 Eastern. Now, at the same time on uh, HDNet, which I I now have and I'm looking forward to seeing tomorrow night. 6
3: o'clock hard time.
4: Exactly. Ring of Honor is from 8 to 9 Eastern. And if TNA moves to 8 to 9 Eastern, I would strongly suggest, despite Cornette's point of view they that, they that they move to Tuesday or something because that way you have an unopposed night and people aren't like could TNA bury Ring of Honors audience maybe well here and, that, the, and
3: that's enough of a key to me here, here's the thing with respect to HD net in the states and in Canada and certainly in Canada but even in the states HD net which of course carries the Ring of Honor weekly show for an hour um, it's not on basic cable. You have to pay extra to get yeah, HDNet, yeah. like in Canada, and that is the one downfall that will continue to be the case with HDNet in Canada well, and the States, just like, you know, just like the Fight Network here in Canada. That, yeah, exactly. that, that's their downfall is that, uh, you know, unless you have a digital cable terminal, you're not going to find it. Right.
4: Uh, you know what? HDNet, they have, if you're an MMA fan, they have got probably 10 to 15 hours of, of uh, unique mix, mixed martial arts programming every week. I just go through my, my uh, HGNet listings and cannot believe all the different promotions that HGNet is is using and, and obviously shooting in high definition. Yeah. I caught MMA Worldwide, that the feature show, and boy, is that a piece of crap. Uh, the I can really feel there, Dave. Well, the host is a complete jerk. I, I, it just amazed me how he gets all this access. I've never heard you so
3: negative about anything.
4: Ah, the guy was a dink. Nice. And, uh, wow. Shoot. But you know what? Shoot. Shoot. G- shoot give credit. <laughs> <laughs> give credit to HDNet and um, and to Mark Cuban, and uh, hopefully, like, if so they, they decide to move to a different night, I,
3: isn't it funny that Mark Cuban just hosted Monday Night Raw and he is the owner of HDNet, the the network that that shows I think Ring they, of Honor on Monday nights.
4: I think if they were against each other he would have he would not have uh, put that against
2: it. Well, you know, just just to quickly, you know, reiterate the fact that Mark Cuban basically came on Raw just so he get revenge on Randy Orton. Let's I mean let's let's call a spade a spade. I mean six years after the fact he figured he should go in there and, and you know do something to Randy Orton. But you know that being said I hope I hope one
3: thing with respect to Ring of Honor is that A They have some more high profile television time and not on Monday night and that it is very more easily seen by the wrestling fans because, um, it's a fantastic show. There's some, there's some great workers on that show right now. And yes, they've gone through the, you know, Nigel McGinnis and Brian Danielson leaving, um, and and those were arguably their two biggest stars. But you know what? Watch that show, guys and girls out there, and you'll be, if you haven't seen Ring of Honor or maybe only seen a bit of it, it is highly entertaining. And now, with Cornette at the reins, it will be funny, too.
4: Tyler Black, guy to watch. Thanks to Johnny Devine for that information. And Tyler Black, Canadian.
2: Oh, my God. On that note, we're going to take our first commercial break of the evening come back
3: you need to go have a dump after that canadian push didn't oh, don't God. you i know dave and this whole damn
2: he's canadian
4: hey angelina loves coming back on thursday thank you for that
3: we'll
2: be right back right here on sundaynightshowdown.com on the sunday night showdown radio network <laughs>
1: some of wrestling's most shocking stars but who stays and who goes who else is on the way find out Thursday on an all new impact then go inside three of Kurt Angle's most epic matches with the premiere of TNA Epics right after an all new impact Thursday at 9 on Spike TNA Wrestling presents Genesis the night of firsts, the night of new beginnings the night that will determine the best wrestler on the planet the match When the man that revolutionized sports entertainment returns to pay-per-view, Hulk Hogan is back. What you gonna do, Hulkamaniacs? TNA Wrestling presents Genesis, live Sunday, January 17th, on pay-per-view. On January 17th, TNA Wrestling presents Genesis, a night of firsts where Hulk Hogan makes his TNA pay-per-view debut, and the best wrestler in the world will be determined. Before it all goes down, TNA Wrestling's Before the Bell goes behind the curtain to look at the events leading up to January 17th. What
0: you gonna do, Hulkamaniacs?
1: TNA Wrestling presents Before the Bell, premiering Monday, January 11th at 4 p.m. Eastern on the 101 Network, only on DirecTV. The greatest matches, the unbelievable moments, the best wrestlers in the world. And we are underway! TNA Wrestling presents a brand new series, Epics, hosted by the hardcore legend Nick Foley. We live the most epic TNA matches for the first time ever on free TV. TNA Wrestling presents Epics, featuring Kurt Angle, premiering January 14th, right after Inside, only on Spike. Not getting enough TNA Wrestling? It's time to join TNA Video Vault. TNA Video Vault gives you access to over 300 hours of TNA programming, including every pay-per-view and DVD ever released, as well as other exclusive TNA programs. Get unlimited viewing access for as little as $4.17 per month. Go to TNAVideoVault.com to get started today.
2: All right, guys, we're back right here live on uh, SundayNightShowdown.com, bringing you another edition of Sunday Night Showdown. Of course, the first edition of 2010. And, man, do we got a lot of things that we want to continue to talk about. And, of course, most of you may realize that was Bret Hart's old WCW music. Go ahead, Dave. you got your hand up all nice. And, and go ahead, Dave. Because I
4: don't want to interrupt anyone. I, I interrupt people too often. That's his visual I don't cue that he people. wants to
3: talk next.
4: Uh, well, yeah, because I don't uh, want to interrupt people. I'm fine like that. Um, fine that. Was this the, the theme that Brett said in his book that he hated, or was it the other WCW theme that he said he hated?
2: I think it was this one. And, this one. And oh, okay. Obviously yeah. I really like this one. I know. You were dancing uncontrollably. I the, hated your seat. I mean, you look I, like I, I the... I dance. You look like the...
3: upside the fucking nuts.
2: You literally look like the damn groundhog from uh, Daddy Shack.
3: <laughs> Actually, with that hockey jersey on, if I might, he kind of looked like a dancing goon. Remember the goon? Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: Always uh, always won by uh, count out.
3: And who was the goon? Quick. Oh, no, Mister. Mr- no idea. Mr. Trivia, who was the goon? Who played the goon?
2: Some fucking Canadian. I don't know. No, no no, right. no, no, no,
3: no, it no. Was, it was Scott Hogg. And he is? One of the long riders. And I should know him. Why? Because he was from Oklahoma.
2: Oh, well, I lived in Arkansas at the time. so all right, yes, all right, all right.
3: That really didn't preclude me. All right. No, one of the long riders. That was a uh, famous... Cowboyish tag team from the old AWA
4: Yeah, and uh, for more information About the Goon and the Long Riders Check out uh, Online World Wrestling
2: I-, I-, I still miss the Berserker Huss,
3: huss, hus, huss hus, hus. And of course, Nord the Barbarian A.K.A. the Berserker Got the huss from his good friend The late great Who was stabbed to death in a Shower in Puerto Rico uh,
4: Eddie Gilbert? No.
3: No. no God, I knew you were going to get it why, wrong Why
2: did you say Eddie Gilbert?
3: Eddie Gilbert, wow was not stabbed to death. No. Brody. Bruiser Brody. Oh, right, of course. Bruiser Brody. I knew, Actually, I knew, I w- he, I knew. I knew I knew. Double J was going to fuck up that.
4: I, I was seeing Bruiser Brody in you my You thought head. I was going to fuck that no, up? No, he was.
3: You said you knew Double J was going to fuck that yeah, up. I said Double J. I knew that he was going to fuck up. I, I saw up. Bruiser
4: Brody in uh, my head, but I still said uh,
2: what I said. So. Oh, that's that's harsh. DBE in the chat says Jeff Hardy will be stabbed in the shower
3: soon. Ooh, really? Oh,
2: Hopefully not with a knife. boy. He's gonna get oh, shanked, but ain't gonna be with a knife.
3: No, be somebody's dick.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Anyways,
2: somebody bleep. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> Thank, God d- Thank God we. Thank God we don't have a
3: sensor on this show.
2: I think I might need one after tonight.
3: <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no. Yeah, we already spoke about the Jeff Hardy thing. Don't get me going on that. But um, Bruiser Brody. That that reminds me of a couple of videos that I saw this week. Because I, I was sort of delving into, because the shark has a lot of time on his hands lately, uh, I was delving into a lot of video on YouTube and, uh, looking at a lot of, uh, uh, Dr. Death, Bam Bam Gordy matches in Japan, um, and some, some great matches that Bruiser Brody had in Japan. What are you guys snickering at? Jeff Hardy, oh, better God. hop Morgan Freeman up soon and ends up in jail because his Shawshank ain't gonna be so easy. Man, I missed the the eloquence of the Trade Dog and thank God he's in the chat room. Thank you so much Trade Dog for that. That was that was the the highlight of the night so far. <laughs> wow. But anyways, the uh the the whole watching of the uh some some videotape on um on YouTube this week and there was some great great stuff with uh Stan Hansen and uh um uh, and Steve Williams, and Bam Bam Gordy, and and actually, the really interesting match that I saw um, on YouTube that I never even knew existed, and that was um, Bruiser Brody, get this, Bruiser Brody and Steve Dr. Death Williams against Abdullah the Butcher, and none other... In Bad News Allen. Oh, wow. And it went 34 minutes. This is a YouTube video? Uh, YouTube from, I oh, bo- wow. from from All Japan circa 1989. Wow. And, uh, um, it was wow. In a word, it was wow. Look it up. Um,
4: yeah, definitely.
3: And, and, and funny because the New Japan Pro Wrestling Show from two weeks ago or from, pardon me, from last week that, of course, Team 3D was at and dropped their IWGP tag team straps back to the Japanese team at the show yep. attended at at the Tokyo Dome by over 42,000 people. Um None other than that very same 69-year-old Abdullah the Butcher and Terry Funk were at, and not only were they at, they wrestled. They were on
4: opposite sides of an eight-man tag. And right. And Abdullah turned on his teammates, and and Team Funk uh, won that eight-man tag.
3: And correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. Dave, uh, or pardon me, uh, Abdullah was teamed with Masahiro Chono and the old, what used to be, the NWO Japan guys.
4: Uh, somebody in the chat room will double-check that for us. But, um, uh, but yeah, uh, No Limit, the team that appeared in TNA mm-hmm. this year, won back the, uh, the tag team titles from uh, Team 3D.
3: Right. And... Uh, Very interesting stuff. Um, To to look on YouTube and to see any of the matches that you so want to look at is is, is a lot of fun. But to have that video at your fingertips is is a lot of fun. And and maybe it's taken a little bit away, Double J, from the whole 24-7 WWE scenario. Because I hear that's not going well for them. Oh, really? No.
4: Oh, okay. Well, I mean, when you offer, when you have 168 hours in a week... And you're offering ten hours of original content per week. That's not very good.
3: Anyways, um, I think I want to delve back into the TNA just for for one quick moment. And that, like Trace said, do you want to find out what's happening all in the first show? No, but I, I really think that the way that TNA picks up the proverbial ball and runs with it over the next little while will be either. Um, their upswing or their downfall with respect to ratings, and I, I really, I really hope, upon hope, that the whole um, nasty boy scenario is only to put over 3D, and they're they're out. Yeah. Um, I I hasten to say, and I've already spoke about this, that the bubble the love sponge thing is only a short term scenario. I think not. That his ties with Hogan and his daily, uh, South Florida radio show will be another media outlet for them to get the word out. And that's why they're using him. Um, but it'll be very interesting. And I think that, that over the next little while, just to give some finality to the whole TNA impact scenario, double J, that yes, they're looking heavily into at Spike, um, having a Monday night live spot. Um, and, and, you know, if they, if they want to, get and hang with the WWE, I really believe that that should happen.
4: Just very, very quickly, could someone in the chat room let me know what the rating was for Thursday's Impact replay? Because I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Thank mm.
2: you. Well, that being said, I think we're going to shift gears a little bit. We uh, we do have just a little bit of time left. We're going to a little over an hour before we're cutting the show loose. So I kind of want to delve into this last decade, guys. I mean, a lot of stuff happened. You know, from 2000 to 2010. A lot of big things happen. So we may as well go ahead and start it off with the year 2000. And i got to be real honest here. The biggest news story that I could really think of for the year 2000 would have to be the fact that Chris Benoit wins the WC World Heavyweight Championship because Kevin Sullivan wants to give him a push and keep him on WCW. He asks for his release and... Bill uh Bill Bush I believe was the owner, was the guy running WCW at that point in time cuz Bischoff was gone. Actually granted the release of well Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn who were the radicals and showed up on Raw. And
3: to me, I mean that was one of the biggest stories of 2000. I couldn't agree more that whole scenario was not only weird from the get-go on one moment The 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 Radicals were on WCW, and the next moment, they're walking out on Raw. But even weirder than that was the fact that it was common knowledge that woman, Kevin Sullivan's ex-wife, was at that point in the infancy of her new relationship with Benoit, and that Sullivan, who was the head booker of WCW at the time... Gave his blessing to the whole scenario, and people thought that that was really weird, and that in some way, shape, or form, that Kevin Sullivan was, all booking aside and all wrestling company aside, one sick motherfucker, and that, that he, he gave them both their blessing, his blessing in, in doing what they did, and, and that was, that was weird, Double J.
2: It was also another thing that happened in 2000. It was it was mentioned in the chat room moments ago. Uh, when you look at some of the matches that actually came down the pike, the Royal Rumble match, the uh, street fight between Cactus Jack and Triple H in 2000 was probably one of the best matches I've ever seen at a Royal Rumble. Now, 2000 was the year that you know Stone Cold Steve Austin was obviously having some neck problems. The Rock was off filming movies, and this was the time that Triple H stepped up. And basically, 2000 was the year of Triple H. I mean, he was the go-to guy in the year 2000. Uh, another thing that happened in 2000, we had the big Vince Russo-Hulk Hogan incident that happened, I believe, at, uh, was it Bash at the Beach? Bash at the Beach, yep. yep. Where, you know, Hogan basically had Jeff Jarrett lay down, or I guess Russo had him lay down. Hogan pinned him, walked away with the belt. So, And that all turned out to be a big... ...funny internal angle that nobody
4: outside of Jarrett, Hogan, and uh, Russo even knew about.
2: Hogan didn't
3: think it was very funny after the fact, did he?
4: Well, no, because when it was that big, bald, fat son of a bitch, that wasn't in their original plan.
3: No. so. So, moving on to 2001,
2: I mean, I don't think there's a bigger news story in 2001... ...than the fact that Vince McMahon purchases his own competition, buys out WCW and One Night Only has a simulcast on both shows. I, I do believe I have both of those shows on tape somewhere, and I was so rooting for the WWF to crush WCW, and I was so happy that night when it finally happened. And then after the fact, I was left with, well, what happens now? The business
3: changes. This wasn't a good decision. And were you one of the people, Double J, that that very moment thought that w c w was going to continue in your show and in name only on w w f programming with one Shane McMahon as the on camera head of the production
2: well you know I know I've said this many times before I always felt like they really dropped the ball uh with this whole w c w buyout I think Shane could have could have done a fantastic job rather than a brand split we could have had Still, the WWE and WCW running head-to-head against each other. And it was a great storyline, but it was it was milked. It was watered down, basically, uh, because you didn't have any of the big names that WCW had. I mean, you had the young guys like Lance Storm, and you had the natural-born thrillers. There was no Steiner. There was no Sting. There was no Nash. You know, there was no main event talent.
3: Not enough to do an invasion angle. Exactly, yeah. and
2: it, it really killed it. I think that you had those guys... It would have really made that scenario a lot better. And, you know, damn, I, I, you know, years later, I still hate
3: the brand split. I think that they really screwed that up. They should have kept WCW as a viable option. And who knows, uh, if they had done that, we still might have WCW, at least in name, this very day. And uh, the the third brand could still be ECW. And and I've said this on this very show many times, that uh, I really had wished that Vinny had left Paulie Heyman, that is, at the helm of ECW, because I really think that the show would be as interesting as any on WWE programming. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and really, we'll never know.
4: Well, I think Vince McMahon's ego over the last 10 years has been his biggest downfall. Yeah, I mean, obviously him I and uh, uh, Paul Heyman had their big issues after December to dismember. And how big of a horrible pay per view that was? That might be the worst pay per view of, of of the 2000s. But
3: that was a good name for it, too, right, Dave? <laughs> yeah, just,
4: yeah, exa- and I remember exactly. Well, I, we all remember where we were that night, but it was uh, that was his biggest problem. He should have paid out for Nat, Nash and Hogan and Sting and Steiner and 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 guys like that because Booker T was not going to Booker T and the Thrillers were not going to do everything. In DDP, it, exactly, and Good even God. if even if they were in the, wait a minute, the twilight, wait a minute.
3: DDP. Good God! God, I missed that. <laughs> no, no.
4: <laughs> even if they were in the twilight of the careers, at least that may may have maintained some WCW fans. And I mean, maybe maybe the worst match of the 2000s was the uh, mainstream match was Booker T against against Buff Bagwell <laughs> his, with,
3: in, his buffness, his
4: his royal buffness. Right. that's right. I feel bad for a guy like oh, Scott, Hudson kinda, Scott Hudson who kind of Scott Hudson who kind of got squeezed out based on how poorly everything was done, and of course the invasion with the ECW uh, originals turning on their their current employers, and of course what really ruined it for uh, for that was, was Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, Kurt Angle being a part of the alliance because they thought that without Austin and Angle that the alliance just wasn't strong enough, but it actually Ended up being a major negative towards that whole invasion angle between June and and November. It was funny because I was working that that whole year and um, I bought every pay per view WWE had for like forty bucks just so I could watch it myself because I was so interested in what was going on, like King of the Ring and 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 Invasion and SummerSlam and Survivor Series, and it was just an amazing year but an amazing failure. I mean, one of the big matches I remember from 2001 was was Shane McMahon against Kurt Angle at King of the Ring, where Shane McMahon went through those shards of glass. And,
2: uh, and <laughs> you mean you mean when he was thrown through the backdrop three or four times before yeah. the glass finally broke? Yeah. That was a sick ass match. But you know, yeah. you're you're also one of the guys that, uh, and I've heard this from other people too. I, I'm not really privy to to agree with you, but you've said all along. That you think the best WrestleMania of all time <laughs> was, was
4: WrestleMania Seventeen X Seven. It's, it's the greatest pay per view in the history of North American wrestling. Wow. To this wow. day, wow. to this day, it still is. And, and, and and i argue every, that point with anybody. And every, every time it. I
3: hear you say that, I still finding myself tell as double J you... as double J just did saying, "Wow." Tell me what the tell me what the other option is. Three, hands down. Three. No. No. no?
4: Three is very very close, but. 17 I think 17 knocked 3 off the top of the
3: pedal. We might have to watch 17. And and sure? See it again? Absolutely. Right. Well, I'm not going to comment on what I thought the best WrestleMania was. <laughs> we're going to
2: we're going to move on because I think you've, you've already know. commented
3: many, many times on what you think is the best re- WrestleMania and just to refresh our our memories you think the best WrestleMania is. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shutting that shit down. All right. Um
2: okay, so we're going to move into 2002. 2 One of the big news stories, obviously, something happened in 2002 that we never thought we were ever going to see in professional wrestling, Uh, not with the buyout from WCW, not with the history between Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon, but in 2002, the NWO was brought into the WWE, consisting of Hall, Nash, and of course Hulk Hogan, and we we got to see a match at WrestleMania 18 uh, for the ages, which still goes down as one of the best matches as far as what those guys, the story they told in the ring, the fact that it was in Canada even adds to that because Hogan was cheered as the face and The Rock was booed as the heel. But Hogan versus Rock was a moment that most people, when you go back and you look at it, you never thought that was going to happen in this business. And so I have to say that's got to be, in my opinion, one of the biggest stories of 2002. Moving on with that, uh the emergence of Brock Lesnar in 2002 and the fact that Shawn Michaels came back to the WWE after what 5 years uh after his back surgery and
3: being born again
2: and and being born again yes. and put on five star matches had a great
3: match at SummerSlam a street fight with Triple H and yeah, that was that was what if not the greatest match of '02, then certainly in the top 2
2: exactly and not only did he come back for the one match but he came back to a full time schedule and he still wrestles today. So there you go.
4: Of course, uh, NWA TNA pr- premieres and Ring of Honor premieres in 2002. Correct. And once again, WrestleMania 18, very very solid show. Obviously, Chris Jericho and and <laughs> and and Triple H is the main event. I mean, we had a we had Jason Clevitt was there, Wes Watanko, another friend of mine was there that day, and they uh, they told me about how many people left—five to ten thousand people—as soon as Rock and and Hogan were over, just walked out, and because the crowd was dead after that match, because Rock and uh, and Hogan took so much out of the crowd that Jericho versus Triple H was just a complete afterthought.
3: Which I really felt sorry for them, and, and nobody was gonna was gonna ha- win the crowd back after that match, and I really thought that that uh, that was some bad. You know, delegation of the matches on the card that, that night. And I've seen it a number of times recently as well. I mean, you know, the, the 25. whole. 25. 25, the, 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 Triple H Randy Orton, you know, being sent out mercifully after, after uh, Michaels and The Undertaker. Um, just horrible. And I, you really feel for, for situations like that. But, uh, um, 02 was a good year. I know? remember. Lots uh, of interesting stuff happened.
4: I'm sorry, I remember uh, Wednesday nights on uh, with the NWA TNA ordering a few of the shows. They had a, a couple of one cent shows, uh, th- but th- they which promoted... at the time was
3: right up your budget.
4: Well, I didn't mind the ten dollar weekly pay per views. I mean, yeah, they were only two hours, but they they put across some solid cards, and then of course, eventually, uh, <laughs> every week for about three years, coming down to y- to your place and. Uh, and having a great uh, time at Bottoms Up Sports Pub every Wednesday night.
2: Oh, and that's another thing. D-Man just reminded me of that in the chat. I was actually going to say that in a few minutes. But Bischoff also debuted as the general manager on Monday Night Raw with a with a hug to Vince McMahon on Monday Night Raw in 2002, which was another big moment that none of us saw coming. And, you know, that was a very surreal moment. I remember the backstage promo with Booker. uh You know, he walks up to Booker and says, hey, Booker, how you doing? And Booker looks over at the camera and says, tell me, I didn't just see that.
6: Yeah.
2: So that was cool. Uh, Going into 2003, we had uh, Kurt Angle as the WWE champion. And the Royal Rumble had a very fantastic match between Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. Probably one of the greatest matches I have ever seen in my life took place that night uh in 03 and they were both in their prime. They were both they, in their they prime. Really were. I can't remember how many German suplexes we saw. But there was a lot. Uh not so great that night. Scott Steiner against Triple H for the first
3: time. Oh <laughs> god, that
4: was horrible.
3: Really bad. That that was the epitome. If you if you do a Google search on bad wrestling match, that might that might pop up. Maybe. Possibly.
2: Uh, also in 2003, we, uh, you know, building up to WrestleMania 19, we saw some really fantastic matches. Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, challenged Kurt Angle, who actually went into WrestleMania 19 with a broken neck and decided to wrestle anyway, knowing his career could, could very well, or his life could very well be ended. And Brock Lesnar pulls the
3: shooting star press for the finish. Because he felt sorry for Kurt Angle, and he didn't want to be the only one in the match with a pending broken fucking neck.
6: Yeah.
4: At Safeco Field in Seattle. I mean, Brock's basic explanation for that is that if he had had Kurt Angle two feet closer to him, it would have been the biggest moment in the history of the sport, because he wanted his WrestleMania moment and felt that was going to be the way to do it. Well,
3: and, and, you know, if you remember the situation, a lot of people shit on... Uh, Brock Lesnar at the time For even attempting
2: I couldn't th- believe That it when
3: spot he... But apparently In his tenure in OVW He had done it many many times And hit it every time yeah. And there was no question In anybody's mind in the office Or in Kurt Angle's mind That he was going to hit it again Except for the fact As you, you just mentioned Dave that, that Angle was two feet from where he was supposed to be
4: But yeah great crowd in Seattle that night For Wrestlemania 19 Loud. Safeco Field yeah. yeah, Jason was there again that night and I remember watching that pay per view, and uh, was that Batista and The Undertaker that night as well? No, it
2: wasn't Batista and The Undertaker okay. because Batista hadn't even. Oh made... no,
4: Undertaker and Nathan Jones against Big Show, and uh, it H-Man. was actually
2: The Undertaker by himself yeah. because Nathan Jones, I think, left the company.
4: Yeah, he no showed. If I'm the not mistaken,
2: um, you know, also on that card, the match that stole the show for me was Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho.
4: Oh yeah, fantastic!
2: Without a doubt, I mean, those guys went out there and busted their ass and put on a five star match and. You know, I, I'm starting to think maybe WrestleMania 19 might uh, might be the run for the money right there, Dave.
4: Well, if it hadn't been for Brock's incident, it, it may very well have been.
2: It was still a great match up until that point.
4: Oh, yeah. It was a fantastic match. Really, really solid.
2: So, I mean, I, I still don't get the complaint on that. I mean, Booker Triple H wasn't that great.
4: No, it wasn't.
2: You know, but everything else was, was you know, really well, good. And, and Rock and Austin, this was... This, you got Rock two, 3. Rock Austin 3. Rock goes over because, you know, Austin had some serious health problems. Like, they almost thought he was going to die, you know, just a day before WrestleMania. He was in the hospital, and so he knew this was going to be his last match. I thought it was great to give the Rock a final victory over Austin, who he'd never beaten.
4: Well, I mean, 03 and 04 was really the height of, of Triple H, obviously, marrying Stephanie McMahon and it becoming the, the McMahon-Helmsley era, both on-camera and off-camera, where Triple H had to be the champion, he had to be in the limelight all the time, and obviously that's really calmed down in the last three to four years, but that was three, 03, 04, 05 was the absolute height of people hating Triple H because he had to be number one, because he had the power based on who he married.
2: And let's not forget the other match on the card at WrestleMania 19, 20 years in the making, Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon, which Very. might not have been the greatest technical match in the world, but the story was there that you have these two guys that were innovators that without each other could not have made the WWE uh, the global giant that it was. So, I mean, in all honesty, you've got to add that into the equation as well. Oh, yeah, for sure.
4: And, I mean, one of the, the greatest images in the history of wrestling, Vince McMahon with his crimson mask, Looking uh, over the uh, over the the apron uh, back at Steve at uh, Hulk Hogan with the perfect camera shot
3: and and a very good year it was for the WWE. I think that the the build to Mania that year was uh, second to none, and they really did an outstanding job in building up the the rivalries leading towards the matches at Mania that year. And you know, I, I look back, really, did any one performer in World Wrestling Entertainment in the decade from 2000 to 2000, and the end of 2009, have any greater number of fantastic and great matches than Shawn Michaels? I mean, really, if you look look at that decade, he had, I think, just as many meaningful matches as Triple H or The Rock or 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 or, or, or anybody an angle you could make that argument. Or, or, yeah, for sure. And and you know what? Lately and i haven't said this on on this show um but it it really pains me to see the physical state that shawn michael's is in lately there's obviously something wrong with him whether it's his back or his hip or something because i mean okay you know age catches up to you but from even a year ago he's moving around very slowly and with with great uh, defensiveness in his in his in-ring work and something is wrong with Shawn Michaels i i really think and i really noticed it in the last little while maybe because he's in tag matches with with triple h but it uh it uh something's up with Shawn Michaels i i don't know what it is and and hopefully um he can regain some of his uh uh you know high stepping ways over the next little while i miss it I, I think it's you. I'm not really seeing anything with Shawn Michaels. I mean, he
2: looks different. He's looking more and more like his dad every day. But uh, I I don't see it. I think he's still competing better than half the young guys on the roster today. So uh, let me see. What else happened in 2003? 2003. 2003 is probably going to go down as one of the worst years in regards to a lot of the big-name superstars uh, and legends that we lost that all passed away. I mean, 2003 was was... A banner year for that and it didn't really eclipse that until 2007 which is another banner year we'll get to in just a little bit and and as shark alluded to earlier i do have uh, somewhat of a tribute to everyone who passed away in this last decade we're going to save that for later on the show uh moving out of 2003 you go back and, and you look at the year 2003 and the mvp to me of that company in that year especially on the SmackDown brand, without a shadow of a doubt, Brock Lesnar. Like, you watched yeah, SmackDown definitely. because Brock Lesnar carried that show. The things he did with Vince McMahon, the things he did to one-legged guys, you know, <laughs> A.K. Zach Gowen, the beatings that he gave people, the feud with Kurt Angle, 2003 was about Brock Lesnar. The work that he did with Paul Heyman
4: yes,
3: was a lot of fun to see as well.
4: Right, exactly. Uh, We move on and change the calendar once again, 2004. uh, Basically, you could say the MVPs of 2004 were the two men who hugged each other at at the end of WrestleMania 20, that being Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero, and just especially the first half of the year where uh, Chris Benoit lasted an hour to win the 2004 Royal Rumble, and of course, uh, at No Way Out, Eddie Guerrero defeating Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship, and then of course retaining it at uh, at WrestleMania 20, and of course the emergence of uh, the character of John Bradshaw Layfield, who uh, worked with Eddie Guerrero throughout the summer in some of the most confusing matches we've ever seen, and and really uh, when it came to uh, ROH, the fantastic matches that uh, Samoa Joe and CM Punk had, and if you can find those Samoa Joe CM Punk, and ROH you can find matches, them
3: easily. Yep. I
4: gear I uh, encourage you to do that because those are some fantastic matches, and of course. The uh, the wars that Triple that X and America's Most Wanted had in, uh, in NWA TNA at the time.
2: Oh, my God. I completely forgot about Katie Vick. How the fuck did I forget about <laughs> Katie Vick in 2003? The necrophiliac spots. Oh, I totally forgot about that. But anyway, yeah, Katie Vick in 2003. 2004, yeah, you said it. WrestleMania 20. I mean, when you look at the card, we had another match between The Undertaker and Kane, which... Let me first say this now. I'm not a big fan of seeing The Undertaker take the same opponent twice. We've seen it twice with Kane. We're going to see it twice with Shawn Michaels. Not a big fan. It's his streak. It's important. He should be taking on new talent. I mean, why couldn't it be Chris Jericho or John Cena this year? To be honest, I don't really want to see another Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match. We've not seen because, it. Not We've because seen I don't like either guy. It. I love them both. But for the fact that I don't think they can top last year's match and it's going to be uh, exceedingly difficult for every fan that's watching it to expect
3: them to top that match, and I just don't think it can be done. Well, if there's any two workers in WWE that could possibly top a previous year's WrestleMania match and have a rematch in Michael's Take or Two, those are the two that can do it.
4: Well, especially since Sim Snuka won't be uh, hiding (laughs) as a a cameraman that that time.
2: They might hire him for one night, but I doubt it. But, you know, other matches on the card for WrestleMania 20, uh, the triple threat between Benoit Michaels and Triple H was off the charts. Absolutely. One of the best triple threats I've ever seen. Uh, the ending with Benoit getting his first, you know, WWE World Heavyweight Championship run, his only World Heavyweight Championship run in the WWE, and the emotion. To me, when you think of a WrestleMania moment, I still consider the ending of WrestleMania 20 with Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero, yep. one that will stand among all the other WrestleMania moments. To me, that's the one that's etched in stone. That's the one that stands out. And it's just, it's un—it's unfortunate the situations
3: that happen. Yeah.
2: That happened, but we'll get into that when we get into other years.
3: And, and one thing about that will forever and a day till the day I die be etched in my brain is Chris Benoit, a top the top turnbuckle, at the end of that mania with the strap. And uh, I really think that um, for somebody that watched Chris Benoit selling programs, for Stu Hart at Stampede Wrestling Matches, at the, the Agricom in Edmonton, at the Victoria Pavilion here in Calgary, selling programs at Stampede Wrestling Matches, and then, so many years down the road, having seen him be arguably one of, if not at the time, the best wrestler in the world when they put the strap on him, um, was certainly quite a moment and quite something. And uh um, I will forever and a day remember that, and, and remember the embrace with Benoit, and Eddie Guerrero, and there was nobody more stunned than yours truly, living through the the, the days that um, that were surrounding the the double murder suicide of the Benoit family, um, and, and what went down. I, I was just beside myself. I had never, and, and trust me, I. I <laughs> I've been in around this business for 45 years. Um, grandfather was Vern Gagne's partner in the old AWA. I, I lived and breathed and grew up around guys um in the old AWA that went on to be superstars. Um, and nothing ever affected me more than that whole weekend where the Benoit clan was obliterated at the hands of of Chris Benoit and you know WWE's scenario with with him is that they have effectively removed Chris Benoit from from World Wrestling Entertainment period
4: Well Vince McMahon did an interview a couple months ago saying that the NFL cannot disregard everything that O.J. Simpson did and WWE cannot disregard everything Chris Benoit did but there right. won't be any tribute DVDs there won't be anything like that I mean the I mean, it's not funny, but the most noticeable moment to me about that was if you went to WWE.com, uh, the, within the 24-48 hours of that happening, and you went to historical pages, it was, it was uh, <clears throat> literally blank. Wins the 2004 Royal Rumble. Uh, blank wins the, the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 20. Uh, Kurt Angle defeats Blank. Randy Orton defeats Blank. Like.
3: And that's how they listed. Yeah, yeah, and it
4: was just like it was. It was basically a. It was just like a find and replace. And I want to nerd. apologize.
3: I mean, th- this should have been discussed in the body of of this discussion of the year two thousand and seven. But um, you know, fine and dandy. I, I just I just think that the legacy is really a shame that that one of the world's greatest wrestlers of all time, and certainly somebody that I personally watched grow up in Stampede Wrestling um, in Alberta. Uh, took a turn for, for the way that it did.
4: And one more thing, in 2004, of course, the last pay-per-view here in the province of Alberta, uh, live in Edmonton yeah. for Backlash,
3: 2004. at uh, which you were at.
4: Yes, and which... I still owe a DVD, and I've watched it now, and I'll return it. Uh, of course, uh, Mick Foley... Still got it, eh? Six he does months still have later... It.
2: What a uh, bastard. I knew this him. would come up. It's a good thing uh, he doesn't have my stampede
4: tapes. I have my own stampede tapes. Uh, Randy Orton. Oh, my versus, WCW tapes. I know, eh? I yeah, can't yeah. believe it. I know. Rick, Fuckers. excuse me.
2: Uh, <laughs> Randy like Orton like versus Jesus. Mick Foley. Hardcore match. And you know what? This was the match that really solidified Randy Orton to me as a guy who was going to be a main event player. Uh, when you look back at that match, obviously Foley did so, uh, he did such a good job grooming Randy Orton for the spotlight, and Randy took some sick ass bumps in that match and, you know, came out on top. I mean, this was the start of his main event push, as he did go to SummerSlam, beat uh, Blank, beat himself, basically, to become the World Heavyweight Champion for the first time, even though it was only for, uh, you know, a month. Yeah, lost it back to Triple H.
4: Still the youngest champion of all time. Brock Lesnar, still the quickest champion of all time, because Orton beat. Lesnar's record for also being the youngest of all time. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
2: hold on, coaches! Isn't Sheamus actually the
3: quickest champion? No, no, no. we we,
4: we determined that the night that it happened. Uh, Let's determine
3: this now. Sheamus
4: broke. Sheamus missed out on the record by like seven or eight days. Okay, so he's he's the second fastest champion, but Orton is still the youngest, like in terms of age, uh, youngest champion. And uh, of course, CM Punk was the fastest to win. the the three major titles the tag title the intercontinental slash u.s and the world heavyweight slash wwe championship
2: so okay going into 2005 uh we had a new concept debut at wrestlemania Uh, and that wrestlemania to me is one of my favorites as well not so much the john cena jbl eight minute match for the wwe championship horrible for it sorry thank you warrior (laughs) <laughs> Next time, could you at least rant before you for you snort? So I was snoozing. Okay. Yeah, I remember um, snoozing during that match. The match that I wanted to see, in all honesty, the one that stole the show for me, WrestleMania 21, you know, he is the showstopper, the main event, the icon, Shawn Michaels taking on Kurt Angle in their first ever contest. Fantastic. Five-star match. Loved that match. I even thought Batista Triple H told a great story. Those guys worked their ass off. Uh, again, not a fan of the Cena-JBL match. I thought it was shit. The Money in the Bank debuted that yes. night.
4: Yes, yes, yes.
2: That was a concept that uh, both Chris Jericho and, and Brian uh, Gerwitz had discussed and, and implemented. And, of course, Chris Jericho, Christian, was was in the match, and we all saw Edge win that match yep. and become the first ever uh, Money in the Bank winner, which we all know he later <laughs> cashed in. But we'll get to that right. a little later on. Uh, another thing that happened in 2005, uh, the death of Eddie Guerrero was huge. I mean, he died on a day when he was scheduled to win the World Heavyweight Championship from Batista at that, that Super Show that they were taping. Yeah,
4: the Raw Smackdown Super Show.
2: And, uh, you know, I, I just think, what would have happened had he died a day later? Yeah. I mean, he would have been the World Heavyweight Champion. I mean, it, it, it's sad and it, it's unfair, but you know, it happened. I, 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 I remember,
3: I remember thinking that day that Eddie Guerrero passed away, and and when it was when it was revealed, in fact, that he died in a hotel room, and I remember thinking to myself at that very moment, "Oh my God, he died alone in a hotel room, just like Brian Pillman." And really, if you look at their careers, although they didn't crisscross paths that much, basically each of their demise was very much similar in that their, their self-abuse with drugs and alcohol was widely known and widespread. And, uh, you know, so many guys that that died throughout the decade of 2000 to 2009, um, was because double J of drug usage and really, really a shame, really too bad.
6: Yeah.
2: You know, also something that happened in 2005 was, uh, you know, the debut of Ken Kennedy. <laughs> it's,
4: I saw well, him on uh, Velocity one night. Wow! Well, talk on, about going right into the on, fucking on, tank. On, on, on one minute TV we're talking <laughs> about Eddie
3: Guerrero, and then the, the next minute you are talking about the debut of Ken Anderson. And you know what? Uh, after that heartfelt little little memoriam that I gave on Eddie Guerrero, we didn't need, need some comedic uplift. And, and certainly that gave it for me uh, and, and the debut of Ken Anderson. Well, that was the point. Thank you. Thank you.
6: That was, I you. That
3: you. I that that was, was absolutely good. I enjoyed that.
0: <laughs> you
2: know, the, the debut of
0: Mr. <laughs> Wait for it. Hensury! <laughs> injury
2: That's right.
3: That was the best ever. one you ever, and the shark says ever, did.
2: <laughs> I had to pull that one out. But uh, it's funny. He was actually, uh, it's not funny. He was the last guy to wrestle Eddie Guerrero, and he was also the last guy to wrestle Umaga. Oh on God. the Australian tour. That's
4: so true. some would say... They were taking painkillers after matches with him?
3: No. Some would say that Mr. Kennedy used to be a career killer. That's not funny, is it?
2: Oh and and Evan O'Brien says it best in the chat. If your name is Eddie, don't wrestle Kennedy. Very good. That's
4: right. Very good, Evan. Um,
2: it's a unique circumstance. Wouldn't you say a nice coincidence?
3: Evan O'Brien soon... Okay.
2: Evan O'Brien is the proprietor of From Headlocks to Headlines.com, .com. which we have partnered up with, and uh, I, I'm glad to be a part of uh, this partnership with them. because i, I got to be honest. That's exciting news. They started up in October of 2009, and i got to be
3: honest. I think it's one of the premier news sites out there. They're doing a hell of a job. Well, and you know what? And we had, I don't know how many conversations Double J and Shark had this week, but when I heard that that website was going to be linked to to SundayNightShowdown.com I was very excited I, I, I extensively read their website this week and if you want to be kept up to date on the day to day goings on of what's happening in the world of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment read from HeadlocksToHeadlines.com outstanding stuff and uh, um, the website is, is great and and they give some some very good perspectives of the news. Not a, they don't embellish. They give you the news and what's happening. You know what? We're going to take another quick commercial break. We'll come back. We'll finish this
2: up. We'll discuss a little bit of the future, uh, what to expect right here on Sunday Night Showdown. And, uh, you know, we've got the rumble to look forward to. So we're going to take our next commercial break. We'll take phone calls after the break. So bear with me, guys. Thanks for staying tuned in tonight. And uh, we'll be back in just a few moments.
1: the rumble wwe royal rumble 30 men 30 men 30 men fighting for one chance one spot only once a year an express ticket to wrestlemania wrestlemania 30 men one ring one dream one winner i i I am i am the one the one i am the one who will be the one to win the royal rumble wwe royal rumble live sunday january 31st only on pay-per-view Jen Bloodsworth is a real WWE customer, not a superstar. So to help tell her story, we hired Hacksaw Jim Duggan.
0: This weekend was Black Friday, and the malls were packed. Ho, ho, ho! I didn't know
2: what
7: to get my family, so I clicked on WWEShop.com, where they have all
9: the latest WWE merchandise ready to ship.
0: Why'd well, they quit making those foam 2 by 4s anyway? The kids really loved them.
9: Tough guy! I took care of my
0: entire family in just under 10 minutes without leaving the house. This is a great country or what? USA! USA!
1: WWE shop.com. USA! Real superstars. USA! Real savings. USA! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Edge is a 12-time tag team champion, a 5-time
1: intercontinental champion, and a 9-time world champion. Edge is just in the money Has the world. The ultimate opportunist has done it again. He is the biggest star on the horizon. (laughs)
2: right, guys, we're back right here on SundayNightShowdown.com. We've decided we're going to go ahead and stop with 2005 and kind of continue this
3: a little bit next week
6: uh, while we're on the
3: air doing the TNA pay-per-view, obviously. Are you surmising that we might have some opportune times to interject into the TNA pay-per-view broadcast that might have some lulls in it? Well, (laughs) surely. I would never never think such that, that TNA would not
2: entertain me um, Correct. I mean, this is the first Hulk Hogan pay per view. He makes his pay per view debut, but wow, you know. So we're gonna save uh, the last five years of the decade, of course, uh, for next week, and we're gonna. Be right be Now, open be up. Fun. We're gonna open up the phone lines because I know you guys are just Uh-oh. dying to call in. I dare
3: Corelli to pick up the phone. Oh my call, god! Call Corelli. Call.
2: Uh, don't <laughs> dare him. He'll
3: do it. I know. I want him to call.
2: Oh, my God. And there
3: was somebody else that, that I remembered from uh, a call-in on Skype who was very good, a friend of yours from uh, from the Big Apple in New York City, Mike Siciliano. Did I get the na- name right for a change? And yes, you Mike did. Siciliano. Siciliano. I actually, that was the first time I ever pronounced his name correct. He was a very knowledgeable uh, uh, gentleman who you know and uh, enjoyed his perspectives. And uh, um, I don't know if Corelli's is going to take the bait, and call in, come on, Corelli, pick up the phone. Uh, or are you too drunk? You had too many pints, mate.
2: Actually, uh, we do have two of our listeners on the line. We're not doing a party line, so I'm just going to leave it at these two. But joining me on the Skype line, we have uh, Corelli and we have Tenacious Snake. What's going on, guys? Wow. It's a party. It's a mini party line. Just mini. Uh,
7: Dave, if you call me Corelli, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, to, I'd like to see a match between in in the in the new incarnation of the SNS Fed. What's going to be the new name?
6: Uh,
2: it is now known as Showdown Championship Wrestling. Are you ready for the showdown? Are
3: you ready for the showdown? That that's SNS Championship Wrestling. I would pay money. The shark says, "Pay it's money."
2: SCW. What's this SNS shit?
3: <laughs> SCW. <laughs> to I would pay money to see a match between Corelli. And tenacious snake—that would be the it worth of price arranged. of admission.
7: A drinking match.
3: A drinking match. I knew you were going there. You stark Corelli, raving alcoholic, don't, you! Don't, don't even go there, Corelli. i will kill you. <laughs> Some would pay for you to see, for, for us to see Corelli, tenacious snake drinking, kill Corelli. You were
7: still an infant schoolmate. <laughs> nice.
3: What what was the drink of choice for Corelli on New Year's Eve this year?
0: I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I set him up for that answer, eh? So, what's on your guys' mind? What do you want to talk about tonight?
7: I just, I just came in here to answer. The The Chuck's, the Chuck's um, calling me out, so I'm here. He called me out, I'm here. So.
3: Well, Corelli, thank you very much for calling in on the Skype line to Sunday Night Showdown. It wouldn't have been a complete show had you not taken from your very busy schedule and your valuable time in lending of your perspectives to us here, the simple denigrades, the, the the announcers beneath you here on Sunday Night Showdown. Thanks, Corelli, for calling in.
2: You are welcome. All right, Corelli, we'll talk to you later, buddy. He's
3: a lot less wordy out of Corelli today. Well, I don't know. Maybe he had one too many pints.
2: He's in a good that mood. The
7: briefest I've ever heard,
2: Corelli. That is the briefest. Uh, you know, new <laughs> Sunday Night time. Showdown.
3: Uh, Corelli's, you know, debuting a new leaf tonight. I don't know. Turning over a new leaf at the very least. And Tenacious Snake, what's up?
7: Uh, nothing much. I was just going to add to. Well, I uh, had the same thing uh, JJ did on Monday night. I had chills with Bret Hart and uh, Sean. No, in I, the it, ring together, that was amazing, man.
2: It was. I mean, that's something that I don't think any of
3: us thought we were going to see in this lifetime, to be quite honest. And and could Bret have come out with a better opening line? Then, well, Hell's I guess hell has frozen over. That was money, and that was outstanding. I I popped big for that.
7: Um, and I don't think he was expecting that hug. By the way, I'm sorry. He doesn't the hug the hug.
3: No, no. I don't, I
7: don't think he had. I don't think he knew that was coming.
3: Well, and you know, I I thought about a lot of that opening segment and the the hug and the you know the bearing of the hatchet and. In the handshake, and the whole scenario, and really, we'll, we'll never know. I mean, and, I've, I mean, as I said earlier, I, I've talked to Brett. Face, I'm, I'm sorry, Tenacious?
7: I, I half expected Sean to turn up. At one point, I thought Sean was going to super kick him.
3: Well, yeah, and, and, and certainly when he took two steps really? back, and it, like go- oh, and it looked like he was, and it looked like that, uh, uh, Sean was going to exit, but he stopped a couple of feet from the, uh, uh, from the entrance gimmick side of the, of the ring that, you know, that was, I thought maybe what was gonna happen was that he was gonna super kick Brett, but, uh, you know, I-, I talked to Brett a couple of times this week, this past week about that whole scenario and, um he, he said that, you know, it, it went pretty much as they had set it up and as expected, but that he thought, and here's a little interesting insight. To my conversation with uh, the hitman at Safeway West Hills here in here in Calgary, that uh, he thought that that having watched it after the fact, that it came out to be a lot better than what he thought it was going to come out as when he was actually in the ring doing it, which I thought was an interesting uh, uh, little sidelight to to the whole scenario. But uh um, yes, yes, tenacious snake. Uh, um, you, like everybody else, um, enjoyed the spot.
7: He he came off really well, Brett. It didn't look like he'd been out of the ring at all, like in terms of promo. He was he was spot on.
2: No, I thought so. Uh, you know what, Snake? I'm glad you called in. Is there anything else?
7: Uh No, if you want to uh get all the go, cause I'll see everyone else is coming in. If you want me uh, out, I will get back to my beer.
3: Oh, well, have one for me, man. Seriously. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What kind of beer are you drinking tonight, Snake?
7: Uh I've got Budweiser.
3: Budweiser. Very nice. Yeah. Glad you came came on the show tonight. Thanks, Tenacious Snake. No problem. Thanks, Snake. We'll uh, uh, we'll talk to you later, brother.
7: Night.
2: Uh joining us on the Skype line right now, we've got Dara O'Connor. What's going on, Dara?
10: How's it going, guys? Just thought this the moral conscience of Showdown Championship Wrestling would ring in tonight. Straight out
2: there, of course.
10: <laughs> uh <it's> just to <laughs> the guys are
2: doing, you know.
10: the new era, you know, I thought I'd ring in.
2: No, I'm glad you did, man.
10: Yeah, I just wanted, to, you know, it was really weird to listen to you guys go on, uh, about the Notties, you know, because I've just had a big conversation with uh, a couple of guys that do show here back in Ireland, like, and we just did a whole hour, you're going down through it, you know, and just, you know, uh, Mick Foley, just, when you think about what he's doing now and what he did through the whole, the the area part of the decade, it's just like, man, how far he fell, you know?
3: <laughs> and, and you know what? It, yeah. it is really sad to see, uh, the state that Mick Foley's career and on air, um, character is right now and the whole scenario with with he and the way that uh Eric Bischoff told him was his <laughs> position with the company at this point is really it, it's very sad in my humble estimation I think you you might agree
10: Oh totally like the way the ended impact last week with him just having a beat down like. You know, fair enough. He was getting abused by Vince McMahon, uh behind the comedy, uh, the comedy box. But you know, is it really better than what he's doing now? He's just been wasted. You know what I mean? So maybe he needs to go back. That's all I think.
2: No, I would agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the uh, <laughs> the E It is coming back. It is obviously Showdown Championship Wrestling. Uh, you're a part of the roster. Tenacious Snakes a part of the roster. Santa Loco, C.J. Bowman. Uh, a lot of people that were in WrestleView Championship Wrestling are making their returns to this brand-new federation. The Canadian uh, Horseman? Canadian Horseman.
3: Well, he was excellent.
2: The the only ones who really aren't going to make the cut this time seem to be the uh, WrestleView staff and management.
3: Well, you see? Well, I'm not going to go there.
2: Uh, you know, I, I, I considered uh, when I folded the promotion doing a future-endeavoring thing of everybody else, but... <laughs> I I kind of like the fact that I got future-endeavored because I've always wanted to be future-endeavored, so it's kind of cool. F-E. You got F-E'd. I got F-E'd. That's right. right. <laughs>
10: I must say, guys, when that happened, that was some shock. You know, it was Daryl off, really, to be honest with you, J.J., and, you know, you know, you still have all of us anyway, so... <laughs> uh,
3: anywhere, you know what, you know? Uh, you know what? I'm glad to have you guys. You guys are awesome. Absolutely. And really, without a shadow of a doubt, and without... Any further ado, before we go any further, I must say that in the chat room and on the show, all of the important people are still here. That's right, you guys are my VIPs. I appreciate
2: you. So there. Is there anything else you wanna, you wanna say before I cut you loose, my, my friend?
10: I just wanna say, you know, a new era for something I like Showdown, down, a new era for the eFed, a new decade. It started off quite good, and I'm looking forward to it. I'll talk to you later, guys. Take it easy. Thanks for having me on.
2: Thank you. And that was our. uh, Nice, great promo. That was was our straight edge superstar. Our straight edge cyberstar, rather. Cyberstar. Dara O'Connor. We've actually got someone else on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this?
11: It's CJ Bowman.
2: Oh, we got CJ. See, I call his name, he calls. Wow, it's like magic.
11: Exactly. I mean, I was like one of the one guys that actually tried to get Sunday Night Showdown back on the other network. What seeing is on its own little network is actually so much better for me, so I don't have to pay in order to see these, listen to these shows. I'm sick of paying, man.
3: Word of the night, free. <laughs> free exactly, free JJ. <laughs> no, no, no. That would that would, that, that terminology that would would be would be utilized in the past. We already free JJ. <laughs> He's been free for a long time. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah. What are you trying yeah, to say? No,
3: You can read it out what you want. You know what I meant. You were freed. You were freed. You're not free. You were freed. But anyways.
11: He was freed. Now he shackled back with Boom Boom, but still.
3: Um. Shackled? Wow, in Boom Boom's absence, <laughs> I can honestly say.
11: If you look at it, man.
3: <laughs>
11: <laughs> uh, you know what? There's
2: no yeah. place I'd rather be than shackled to Boom Boom, so.
11: Yeah, this is true. This is necessarily true. She is a good woman. It's good well, to be
2: right. JJ sometimes.
11: Yeah. Oh, but so, look, I'm being, yo, everything is going, I mean, everybody in the chat who belongs here is here. Even some of the people that, well, you never would have expected to see.
2: That's true. That's very true. And I'm, I'm glad the support we're getting tonight, so.
11: Yeah, I mean, in mean, discussion about the, the latter five years of 2000 and 2009, well, six years, you count 2005. I mean, it's a pretty good discussion and everything like that. I mean, let's be honest, you forgot to mention the worst match at WrestleMania 20, of course. Lesnar versus Goldberg.
6: <laughs>
11: oh,
3: yeah, that's right. <laughs>
11: that was just so bad. Yeah.
3: How bad was it?
11: it? It was so bad that, you know, I didn't even order the pay-per-view. I had it on the stream. I actually turned off the stream and walked and walked over and decided to try and recreate that match on the SmackDown game. that happened the PS2, and I still couldn't do it. Nice. And it was just bad. <laughs> that bad. That bad. Wow. I mean, my friend was in. My friend was in the audience, and he t- comes back and tells me that match was so bad. I can't believe I paid that much money to go see WrestleMania for five minutes. I mean, yes, I, I got my teenage fantasies over, you know, with the whole Playboy Bunny match. But you know, that wasn't that wasn't in his event. Well, then again, you know, Tori Wilson and Stacy Keebler rolling around the, over the referee. That was pretty fun.
2: That was nice. I fun for the rest- referee.
11: <laughs> yeah, the referee got knocked over, I think, in that match. Or was that another one? It was one of those matches. Yeah, I mean, and then you got The Undertaker versus Kane, which is pff, John Cena versus Big Show to open up the show, which is pretty nice. I won't lie.
4: Actually, that was a really good match. The way he kind of chopped down the tree of the Big Show, I thought he did a very, very good job. I, I really enjoyed when John Cena was the United States champion because he, he really took a lot of pride in the belt.
11: He played the real dominant champion, the champion he's supposed to be playing now. Like, he's playing the comeback kid, and he's been in the company for eight years. That's true.
3: Chop down the tree of the big show. No, that's
11: usually his match with the big show. I know,
3: I and get him
11: down. Chop block. (laughs) Yeah, I got him. Yes. Now I can get to try and do the STFU. I can't read. See, (laughs) you
3: even thought that was funny. I did did think it was funny. that That was great. That was some good shit. That's amazing. Yeah,
11: I mean, WrestleMania 20 was an eventful match. WrestleMania 19 was a pretty good pay per view. I mean, even with like I'm a bit, i let you know. I'm a big Cena fan, and since his debut, I'm sorry, he his best years were from 2002 to about 2000, late 2005, early 2005. That was his better year, in my opinion. I I would agree and with that. Say what? I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, he's doing good now, but back then he put on some good feuds with the Undertaker. His matches with Kurt Angle, like, you know, makes you really think, why is Kurt Angle sucking now?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, look at Kurt Angle. That's why he's sucking now. He's probably lost 100 pounds of muscle, if that. Yeah, I mean, mean,
11: not to take a joke from somebody else, but, like, it seems like everything you do – he can, you know, counter an ankle lock. You turn on your TV, you get an ankle lock. You start playing your PlayStation, it's an ankle lock. You listen to Sunday Night Showdown, and mysteriously you, <laughs> you get into an ankle lock.
3: Somebody like, get into that David an ankle lock, god damn it! <laughs> <Jeez>.
11: <laughs> He's walking down the hall, <laughs> and
3: somebody gets in an ankle lock. I don't know. Oh man, he got a. Oh, pardon me, I don't even. Uh, yeah, I mean, yesterday I was cooking. And I'm a making a, ba- a carrot
11: cake. All of a sudden, I found myself in an ankle lock. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I want <put> that shirt. <laughs> You're running a fucking burger at McDonald's, and somebody comes up behind you and gets you a fucking ankle lock. You turn around, and it's Kurt Angle.
11: It's like, will you stop reversing my moves into useless finishes that only worked on John Cena? Come on.
2: Wow. That's awesome.
11: <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, I'm a, I am know there's other people chomping at the bits of calls, so I'm going to get off and let everybody get a chance to, you know, be part of the inaugural 2010 Sunday Night Showdown. And one more thing about the effort. Yeah. Two words, pain, education. That's it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've just, you've just been schooled by C.J. Bowman in pain, education. C.J. Bowman, call the night. Call the <laughs> night.
11: <laughs> All right, man. I'm gonna see y'all. I'm gonna see y'all next week, eh? All right, Downstairs, guys. You Mike. will. You will. Peace.
3: All right. So the phone lines are now open again. Let's
11: see if you someone will. can top
4: that.
3: I don't think anybody can top that. Anybody? That Still. guy is one mother. <laughs> He's funny. We need to have him on every show.
4: Just make sure to uh, C.J. Bowman. Just make sure to to mute your your player while you're on the phone line because we don't need the, uh, the the double feedback. It'll throw you off when the you call de- us. The delay.
3: So. Yeah, yep. exactly. Next week, Sunday Night Showdown, back again.
4: TNA genocide. TNA
3: genocide. And <laughs> it might be. I mean, well, now hold on. The yeah.
6: Final curtain.
2: <laughs> it might be genocide because let's just think for two seconds
3: of the roster. We've got the nasty boys. I mean, you know, who we knows? Got, and probably going to be interviewed at about eighteen times by Bubba the Love Sponge. So that should be interesting. Well, that's, that, that's a good synopsis. We've up. got hey, hey Yo drinking and wrestling and, and talking <laughs> and, and I can't coloring imagine what, his hair.
4: I can't imagine what beer money is going to have to do with, with Nash and Hall next week. If any,
3: uh, all kidding aside, if any two wrestlers on that roster can carry Hall and Nash to some semblance of a half-ass decent match, it's certainly beer money. So that should be interesting.
2: Uh, with that being said, we actually have a caller on the line. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? This is
8: the former member of the IRA, Evan O'Brien. But hey. I've, been drink- I've been drinking a bit, so bear with me.
2: You sound like you're in the cave, my friend. You're in the man cave in Ireland. What's going on?
8: Okay. Um, no, I just, want- I just want to chime in on the Monday Night War. I felt like I was watching a child throw ties inside. What the fuck is that? All
3: right, no. no. What are you drinking, brother?
8: I was just drinking some Budweiser.
3: Budweiser, very nice. Seems to be the official beer of Saturday Night Showdown.
8: Look at that one. I I was watching a lot of monkeys trying to throw shit at the wall and see if it (laughs) stuck. What? That's that's a good analogy. You know, know monkeys they like throwing shit. That's true. Yeah.
3: Somewhere in there, there's a match, you know. (laughs) There, there could be. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Uh,
2: so we've got Evan on the line. I'm actually adding one more person to this phone call. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who is this?
5: Finally, the angriest motherfucker oh, on the planet has decided to join this new found venture.
2: Well, now, hold on. Speaking of, Evan O'Brien was talking about monkeys, and I just did the oh, shit. I'm just picturing now Planet of the Apes. Oh, shit. There goes the radio show.
5: Yes, the big the big ass gorilla from Long Island, from Long Prison Island, is on Sunday Night Showdown.
3: This is true. What's on your mind? <laughs> Siciliano has spoken. Listen up,
5: yes, friends. Yes, I have spoken, and that's about enough that has to be said. Bottom line here, gentlemen, and unfortunately, the job is coming back to bite me in the ass. So let me just say this: <laughs> Welcome a boy. Welcome to a new era. You guys are free and welcome to come aboard the Pro Wrestling Rewind at any time. You guys will get awful support at any and every opportunity. I love you guys. You guys are you guys are crazy sons of bitches. Well, except for, of course for the boom boom, who I certainly wouldn't mind being shackled too. Whoops, sorry. Whoa. Uh
3: <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs>
5: Well, hey, I've got balls, and besides, Calgary New York, top ride, well, whatever I, the case may be.
4: I think I think you can get a one-way flight uh, without stopovers uh, with WestJet, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I
6: oh,
3: can't, shit. I, I again, Internet Dave is it. trying to play fucking travel agent. Dave will actually pick you up at the airport. Should,
6: yeah. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, what happened to what that I'm guy? Talking
3: about? He's still waiting at the airport,
6: Dave. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we never heard from the guy again. Um, but, Mike, uh... uh you know what you guys were having the whole whole problem with the getting the rewind on iTunes. Check out uh, G I would say... I I would say check, Yeah, try Gcast.
5: I've been look tried looking at Gcast and it's given me a hard time, but I looked at it. and I found a piece of shit site out of Denmark which got me got me onto iTunes, but it killed me after one week.
4: Yeah, try Gcast. So try. I think yeah, I think it'll work better cuz if you recall, that's what they used to post uh, the hangovers on. So I think GCast is probably your best bet, and and then everyone can find the Pro Wrestling Rewind 2.0 on their iTunes link. But you guys already have a Blogspot blog that you're that that you're attaching that stuff to. So uh, I'm I'm, go out I'm and doing check it on a
5: Facebook. I'm going to put it. Up. I'm okay, going to good. put it up yep. on Blogspot. I'm going to. I'm going to pepper the rewind so, much, so all over the frickin' internet it'll be a bit of virus than, than my than my voice. Let's put it that way. <laughs> wait, nice.
3: wait, wait, wait. I have to ask you, uh, Mike Siciliano, like I have the rest of our callers so far, what are you drinking tonight? He's not even unfortunately,
5: working. Unfortunately, Shark, I'm not drinking. Because no, not I'm tonight.
3: Oh, because you're working. Okay, all right. You're taking time yeah. out.
5: Yeah, and to be honest with you, Shark, I'm not a drinker. Because okay. There's one very simple reason why. Why is that? Nobody needs. Uh, I'm already fucked up beyond all recognition. <laughs> so why the hell do I need to drink?
3: Well, and some would 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 say that uh, that the shark is falling into that same category. I haven't had a a drink of alcohol since well 1994. And you know what, Siciliano, I'm, I'm I can't say enough about. The pro wrestling rewind, and the fact that you took the time out of your busy schedule while you're working to come on our, our inaugural flight here on Sunday Night Showdown for for 2010. Thank you, and um, come back and join us next week for TNA. Captain,
5: G- Captain, let's put it, let's put it. Oh, TNA Genocide! Oh, damn! I won't be able to catch the catch the stream, but I certainly will catch a lot of venom when I turn around. And rip Paul Hogan another new one. The Antichrist of professional wrestling. Right. Yes, I said it again. Well,
3: come back and join us uh, next week for our, uh, our pay-per-view presentation of TNA Genesis for sure, Mike Siciliano. If, uh, if
5: the if the opportunity is a, is available for me to stick around, the job is no longer biting me in the ass. If not, I will definitely uh, accept the boot from Mister from from the commissioner in one way or the other. Oh, speaking of the commissioner. Um, power and royalty, soon to be your next showdown championship wrestling tag team champions. Oh, and one other thing, Commissioner, you mentioned about how, um, the other site's staff members aren't making the jump. Um, last I checked, Commissioner, I am still a staff member on the other site, and I made the jump, and I intend to make the jump. And if they got a problem with that, they could take my uh, left boot and my right boot, shine them up, and stick them right up their ass.
2: Wow. Wow, you heard it there. Yeah, Alright, yeah. Mike, uh yeah, unfortunately I got hey, I...
5: Mr O'Brien, a very
8: fond friend of mine and fond fan of the rewind. What can I do for you, sir? You you tell your clothes to leave Seamus alone. So <laughs> tell him for me. Just get off his back. Hey listen, listen, listen,
5: listen. I don't know if you caught episode nine, but I purposely Push the powers buttons to get him to start raining on Seamus again. You know why? Because it's the first thing known the man to hear him rant about this stuff. You hear that? You hear that ring? That means it is time for me to get the boot, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure.
3: Thanks, Mike. Pleasures all ours, Mike Siciliano. Uh,
4: yeah.
8: Oh, Evan, you're still with us. I hope.
2: Oh my God, this is great. <laughs>
8: I like to call Andy Knowles the Ron Burgundy of Wrestling Media. <laughs>
2: the Ron Burgundy of Wrestling Media. That's awesome.
8: Yeah. He reminds me of Ron Burgundy every time I listen to the rewind.
3: He's kind of like the Larry Flint of Wrestling Media. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> would know? work. So. Oh,
4: yes. Oh, mercy. So Evan, keep up the
3: good good work on uh on your blog and uh I'll uh do, we'll, sure. yeah, for sure. Really enjoy it. Really enjoyed. Been reading it every day lately, and write uh, cutting edge material. And uh, congrats, you do, you guys are doing a good job over there. You guys should try to get a widget together if you can, and then you can pass uh, that on. To uh,
8: I just installed a toolbar at the bottom of the.
4: Okay, well then maybe we'll get your widget on our front page, perhaps.
2: You leave his widget alone,
4: Dave.
3: <laughs> we'll check it out.
2: You you got to watch what you say to Dave because he takes the yeah. widget too seriously. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's all about the widget, anyways. You got it,
2: Evan O'Brien. Thank you.
8: Thank you. Good day to you, gentlemen.
2: All right, Evan. We'll talk to you later, brother.
8: Okay. Have a good night. Bye.
2: Oh, I might take another call, guys, and then i got to go. So if somebody else wants to one call One more in,
4: call, and we got to go, guys.
2: One more call. i got to go pick up the wife. I don't want her pissed off at me. Again. Even
4: Wait. even though she was listening to the
2: show earlier tonight, so... She was at least in the chat room. I don't know if she was listening. She was at work.
4: Well, she was uh, interacting with our chatters here, and uh, thanks to, uh, to Zat and thanks to Ustream, because, I mean... With Ustream, there's absolutely no uh, there's no delay. I mean, we're hearing people from England and Ireland almost instantly. So it's, I mean, Ustream is a, obviously a great tool, and and it's and there's no delay.
2: All right. Well, these are my last two callers of the of the night. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. I know that uh, Sean is on the line. Who else do I have with me?
9: Hey, Mike hey Shaw, K hey David DJ. Last you heard from me was the final resolution, but now I'm back. New year, new station, same show, same dominance.
2: Absolutely. Definitely uh, a killer year this year is going to be for us.
9: Killer is not the word. You have you guys on your own now. We don't have to worry about anybody. You got all the fans in the chat room, and now you have the Showdown Championship Wrestling going on, and you got a whole bunch of new guys coming in, including myself, going to earn my spot, going to show guys why everybody needs a dominant star in the business.
3: I couldn't have said it better myself. And, and you know, I seem to be feeling because I'm feeling it tonight that a lot of guys that are going to be in the new Fed on Sunday Night Showdown, Showdown Championship Wrestling, are are honing their their promo skills on this very show, which I'm down with. You guys want to come in and and talk about yourselves and the way you're going to kick ass in the new Sunday Night Showdown or Showdown Championship Wrestling. EFED, by all means, bring it on. Well, Come on. Say, and, and give I us your perspectives.
9: Much. I say this much. I've been I've been fashioning promos ever since I was in my teenage years. Okay. Most guys stand in front of the mirror looking at their physique, trying to see how good they look. I'm sitting there trying to cut a promo because I envision myself as a champion one day. But this ain't about cutting promos. Guys had a great show I've been listening to all night. But let me just say this. And, and, J.J., we spoke about this, and we, we were all talking about this right at the Final Resolution pay-per-view, was with Brett coming back for Raw. I felt, out of all the guest hosts that they've had, they utilized him probably the least, yet he was probably the one guest host that could have been utilized the most. I agree.
3: And I definitely agree, really. When you look at the whole show, he was in four segments. Four segments, and yes, they could have used him more. But the way they they utilized him in those four segments was off the hook. It was uh, absolutely fantastic, and he sounds like he'd be a good tag team partner, a Siciliano. You could have them like well, be the Sopranos, but, or uh, but some he's, gimmick like that. He's already got a tag team partner,
2: and you know, and the Power Andy Knowles. So I, I can't break that team up. You know,
3: don't want to break
9: you don't want to break that I, team up.
3: You just want to squash them. Go ahead.
9: I will do the power. <laughs> Randy knows oh, God. like Oldie Anderson did the Thunderbolt Patterson. Yeah.
3: Oh, this is good stuff. And, and a lot of our <laughs> listeners wouldn't be old enough to understand or know who either one of those two guys would be.
9: The funny thing is, Shog, a lot of people wouldn't know. I like I told you guys when we spoke in December. I'm 22. A lot of guys wouldn't expect me to know either one exactly. of those guys. Okay, but the one thing I've always said is I'm a, I'm a fan of old school wrestling. I sit down, I watch NWA tapes, I watch AWA tapes. so Old school is still stuff, cool.
6: It I really is. I put you like this. Yeah,
9: If there's one thing I liked about Impact was I can see, and I mentioned it earlier in the chat, room, I would like to see Ric Flair turn AJ Styles into a cocky motherfucker as the world champion.
2: Agreed. That'd be great. Especially
9: here in the old promo that you guys played after your first commercial break. Seeing AJ Styles as a cocky champion, something along the Ric Flair line, just the I am the Phenomenal One, people forget why I am the Phenomenal One, and going out there and showing everyone, make you you know why they call him the Phenomenal One, and really taking reins of that would be great for his character.
3: Absolutely, DJ. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more that, you know, as, as Phenomenal... As AJ Styles' work in the ring is right now, his promos and the way that he carries himself in front of the microphone is anything but phenomenal. And I really think that after the, uh, you know, matches with, with Kurt Angle and after that program uh, is finished, that a, maybe a heel turn for AJ Styles with the, uh, managerial backup of one Ric Flair would, would certainly, would certainly, uh, shoot the career of the phenomenal one, A.J. Styles into the next millennium.
9: It, it really is. i tell you, the, the only reason why I watched any show on Monday night, like I wanted to see how much of a clusterfuck TNA was going to be, and they were.
3: And it was. Um,
9: I'm glad, I'll tell you this much. I'm glad I did not get to see Brutus show up, and that's the one thing I did miss on Impact. I, was, I actually had it picture-in-picture picture watching both programs, Um but really, both seemed very, very lackadaisical. It was really outside of the AJ angle match, outside of the the segments that Bret Hart was in in the beginning and the end of the match, uh, uh, of Raw. And by the way, TNA, did, I, the one thing I think TNA did a good job in was waiting till exactly 9 o'clock to bring Hogan out because yep. you know they planned that one out for weeks.
2: Oh, absolutely. Said, they did. We're,
9: we're going to wait. <clears throat> 9 o'clock, Raw comes on. That's when Hogan is going to come out. Um, but really, both shows didn't didn't capture my attention, uh, unless you count 72 seconds of Homicide hanging from the top of the cage. Um, and outside of Maurice's ass on, on Raw, there really wasn't anything else.
2: <laughs> you know, uh, I have to agree on that, actually.
9: <laughs> I mean... I, I this The woman's me got me, a
3: great kazif.
9: Give me four divas, and I will take Maurice Molina... Kelly and um, and Mickey James and I'll have myself a good rest of my life.
3: Maurice and Kelly Kelly you can't go wrong you can't go wrong being the, the filling in that Oreo cookie
9: no no not not at all I mean I, mean, I, I think the funny thing is I, I don't know if you guys have seen the very terrible rip off Duke of Hazzard remi- re- remake the
6: with movie Marie,
9: with yeah with Johnny Knoxville and oh yeah um, the one scene where Jessica Simpson walks into the sheriff's office and she has that one scene where she basically makes the police officer cream in his pants. Oh yeah. That's Maurice on any given day for about any given guy. Um, I feel bad for Tiffany getting engaged to Mr. No personality. Um, <laughs> Drew, Drew McIntyre, the man who probably can't pull a move off unless it was handpicked by Vince McMahon. True. Uh I mean it's really right now, I, I don't and reading the spoilers for next week's impact. Um, I really I don't see it going anywhere right now. You got the, the you know, the things that's supposed to be happening and hearing the rumor that's supposedly want to get rid of the six sided ring. Um not really feeling that. I don't like the six sided ring, but I'm not gonna like them going to a four sided ring anyway. Um but I, I wanna ask your, your guys' opinion on one thing before I go, because I don't want to take any more time. Okay. Um, there's one match that I've watched from the old WCW days, and you know from old days, and I really would love for them to bring back. And I know it's a bit unorthodox for a for WWE to bring back. Um, but I want to know if you guys ever envision um, in any type of future a War Games match being done ever again.
2: Not in WWE. I just don't see it happening. Isn't that the name of the new uh, June or July pay-per-view?
4: Because they had that, that fan vote to see what the new gimmick pay-per-view should be,
2: and they voted for war games? It is, but that's not the, the, the gimmick for it. I mean,
3: it's the name, but that's not what they're oh. doing. to Oh, okay. It's the name, but it's not the gimmick. And, oh, okay. And, and I, I, I read an interview a couple of weeks ago with uh, with Dusty Rhodes, and, and there was some talk a couple of months ago um, about having the War Games gimmick at the War Games pay-per-view, but Vince hated it. Absolutely hated it. It'll never happen.
2: So, uh, DJ, thanks for the call, man. I I appreciate it, and uh, keep listening, man.
9: I will. I'll see you guys next week. Like I said, you guys are free, and anybody who's listening to this, when SCW comes into full effect, be ready, because this is not Mr. Kennedy walking in. This isn't Randy Orton and the Randy News Network. This isn't none of that. (laughs) This is real young talent coming in with an old-school flair. So when you see myself, Mike, heck, even J.J., and a few other guys, we'll show you what real horsemen are about. And, Shock, I think you would make the perfect J.J. Dillon.
3: Well, (laughs) (laughs) he's been there. I've been there. If if you want to Google... uh, Mark the Shark DeCarlo or YouTube search Mark the Shark Carlo. Even better yet, YouTube search Wavel Star and see what you see. And, and the only thing missing in an analogy, uh, carrying Mark the Shark DeCarlo into a J.J. Dillon scenario would be the blue glasses on the shark.
9: Ooh, nice. So you guys have a good evening. I'm going to listen to the rest of the show, and I'm going to sit back and enjoy myself a homemade but very, very strong drink here at home.
2: (laughs) All right, DJ. Sounds good. Uh, All right, guys. Sean, are you still with me? I'm here, brother. Sorry about that, man.
3: It's okay. I kind of
12: expected somebody to uh, take over like Mike does on occasion, so I just (laughs) decided to sit back and listen to what happens.
3: And and enjoy. Guys, entertaining. Yeah.
12: I'm reading the chat room as we go along, and it's great to see what the chat has to say about the entire situation as I listen to this other person talk. Mike, you know I love you. Still ain't not give me that crap. But um, I thought I'd call in on the first SNS. I've actually got the chance to sit here and listen to on the night the 20th anniversary of The Simpsons is going on also. <laughs> nice. So I like, I like to say here I am on Sunday Night Showdown waiting for Plugged In to come back.
4: Well, oh. Plugged In
12: isn't coming back, but Unplugged is. Unplugged? Well, you
4: got to change your little word up there. Oh, yeah. You, I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to fix it. On February 2nd, it's coming back.
3: But you're going to fix it prior to February 2nd, correct? Yes. I hope so. That's good. Yeah, i I, I got to get on Dave, because he's... Uh, Dave's finger was Plugged you, you In. You were kind of back and forth about
4: if you were going to change the name or not. So.
2: Well, I was, but uh, no, since I'm no longer with that network, uh, I, I see no reason to continue with Plugged In, and... Hey, I'm gone. I'm unplugged, and we'll just leave it at that. So, unplugged will make its debut uh, again, February second, which I believe is a Tuesday. Is that is that correct? Dave? Yeah,
4: Tuesday, February second. Okay. Uh, shut up,
2: Corelli.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corelli, that just was, wasn't nice. Oh. And, and you know, through the magic of technology, I love to to be able to have a guest on the Skype line who can also read the cutting edge comments. Simultaneously, of the chat room, that makes it all special, doesn't it?
6: <laughs> it does:
2: It does.
12: It, it helps to see you got the, the other person do you have like, "Hey, what's going on there? Oh, let's just, let's just stop that there." Oh, that little little talky talk. but um, <laughs> I felt that uh, you wanted somebody to come in here and talk about the EFed as how you want someone to cut a promo. Only he who has I cannot, uh... no, I'm not drunk, Evan.
3: Um... What's that smashing in the background? Okay, wait a minute, Sean. If you cut a promo, you can't be cutting up on the fucking guys in chat. Come on. Cut a promo, ADD. damn it. This Come is on. me.
12: You want someone to cut a promo, you can only look this way at the angel of Azrael, the one <laughs> who the light shines down on. Oh,
6: man. Oh. And,
12: you, and you want to talk about who's going to be a champion when all this is over? At the Royal Rumble, you will see the angel of Azrael. You will see the light shining down on him. You will see me toss that last person out. Hopefully, it'll be Corelli. Never know. And then I'll hold up that showdown championship. That is how it will go down. So we'll saith the angel, the angel of Azrael.
2: If I could, if I could just say one thing, when, when you talk about the light coming down, that's actually the spotlight from the ceiling.
3: Oh, really? So saith the angel. So at the commissioner,
2: J.J. Sexy. <laughs> so at the commissioner. Oh, you but, know what, um, man? That, that's awesome. I, I, I enjoyed the promo. I, I know you do.
3: But, um. Is he counting his money in the background? Is that that salad? <laughs> what the hell is that? He's uh-huh. okay. The busy man. Oh he's, oh, he's t- oh, he's typing. Okay, all right. It ain't me.
2: Oh, well, then maybe I have somebody else on the line. That That's cool. But anyway, uh, Sean, is there anything else, man? Because we're going to wrap this thing up here in just a second.
12: I did want to talk about Raw for a second. I, okay. did, I, did, I did watch I did watch Raw and Impact, and my my take on it was I cried when Brett and Michaels hugged. I'll say it. I'm a huge HBK fan. I'm a I'm a bit of a mark for Bret Hart. When I heard he was gonna come back, I, I knew I had to watch. Uh, the problem was, uh, Time Warner Cable went out on us, so I had no I read TV. That, yeah. So I had to quickly, when I, as soon as I got home, I had to get on the computer and find myself a stream, which I found. And I watched both. I watched Impact and Raw side by side. And I just got to say, I think I probably left the audio to Impact muted, and I watched Raw the entire time. Nice. So I got to say, Impact kind of – it wasn't as good. I, I missed the first hour. I'm kind of glad I did because it was nothing worth it. Raw was actually enjoyable to me. It's always been enjoyable, but seeing Michael's and Hart hug made me cry because it was just awesome. Very cool. But uh, I guess that's it for me. I'll let you guys uh, end this momentous episode of SNS,
2: and I thank you. Thank you, Sean, and uh, we'll definitely be back next week for our coverage of TNA's Genesis
3: along with the most controversial woman in wrestling Boom Boom will be back.
2: I think she's back next week. I don't well, know. Oh, I hope so. I don't know. I right. I got to find out what her schedule's like, but right. either way, we'll be back uh, right here on sundaynightshowdown.com. Uh we mentioned this earlier. I want to do a quick little wrestler tribute. Uh we lost so many people in this last decade. I mean, 2003 was a banner year. You know, we lost we lost Stu Hart. We lost Classy Freddie Blassie, Miss Elizabeth, uh, Hawk. You know, over the years we've lost Chris Benoit. We've lost Bad News Allen. Uh, we've lost someone that wasn't a wrestler that was a very good friend of of the majority of us here. Uh, a guy that's been doing wrestling radio for, you know, almost 10 years or a little over 10 years when he passed away, and that's JSK. Uh, to everyone who passed away, and I'm not trying to shortchange anybody, but if I was going to go down the list, we'd be here another three hours. Um, so with that being said, guys, this is my tribute. To all our brothers and sisters who have passed away in the last decade. And um, here's to next week. But with that being said, on behalf of Mark the Shark DiCarlo, the worldwide phenomenon, Internet Dave. You got it. Me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay. We'll see you next week. Good night.
0: Thank you.